The story began with our heroes attending the market festival in the village of Feindar in Nermathus. Elwood, Nyari, Orin, and Theros participated in a variety of activities before settling in at the Taproot Inn to hear some of the wild tales of local legend Aubryn the Green. The festivities are brought to a horrifying end as the village is swarmed with hobgoblins. A massive tower suddenly appears in the town center with the vile creatures pouring out of it. The Iron Fang Legion is here. The party is beaten badly in the surprise attack, and Nayari is nearly lost. But with some luck and camaraderie, they manage to overcome. The group forms an escape plan to search Feindar for supplies, rescue locals, and blow the bridge leading towards Fangwood Forest. Nayari and Theros fear the worst, as their loved ones are scattered across the town. A bloody battle ensues at the Riverwood Shrine. Elwood slays a wolf with a mighty blow. He and Nayari also duel a pair of hobgoblins, aided by Theros's bear companion, Volis. The party emerges victorious, and manage to rescue a number of survivors, including Nayari's precious friend. They press on. Next, the four claim a decisive win over a group of injured hobgoblins outside of the Feindar Trading Company. The building itself is on fire, but the heroic deeds see it vanquished as they rescue yet another group of survivors. Their bonds grow tighter and the determination soars as they continue on. Worried about his father, Theros rushes into Vainorald's fine shop. The group is ambushed by an explosive wielding hobgoblin inside. Nyari and Orin manage to move Theros's father out of harm's way just in time. Their combined efforts, with a finishing blow from Theros, dispatch the fiend. They discover a device capable of blowing the bridge before making their final attempt to escape. The party approaches the bridge. In order to destroy it, they need to make use of a construction crane operated from a nearby workshop. Nyari, Orin, and Volus attempt to stealthily kill two hobgoblins inside, but their plans are thwarted as the creatures sound an alarm, alerting the swarm in town. Elwood and Theros encounter a hobgoblin druid and her wolf companion outside. A vicious fight takes place as fate works against our heroes. The rescued villagers begin rushing across the bridge toward Fangwood Forest. In the midst of the chaos, Volus is struck down. Nayari and Orin manage to finish off the hobgoblins in the workshop. Elwood slays the wolf with a mighty swing of Aubryn's longsword, but he and Theros are beaten back by the evil druid. It's in this moment our heroes realize it's too late for their plan. They must either run or fall to the Iron Fang Legion. Elwood pleads with his companions to make their escape as he stands up to face the druid and oncoming legion. Nayari's gaze meets her friend across the bridge as she finds the determination to press onward. Theros sees his father, his pleading eyes, and follows along with Orin. They won't let their friend die in vain. 
Elwood bellows his final words as he valiantly charges the enemy forces, buying whatever time he can for his friends and the people of Fandar to escape. Excellent. Oh Excellent my work, god! <laughs> oh my gosh! We're so cool. <laughs> I love how you said we there, but I don't. Yeah, know I was part of that, that. Okay, we together. <laughs> Andrew's expertise and skill and technical knowledge and time and dedication, but we crafted the story. He's right. Some parts of it. <laughs> oh, that was so good, Andrew. That Thank was you. Very good. That was awesome. You're welcome. Was very well done. Yeah. So, we open to a city skyline, decorated with dozens of pure red banners as a troop of Imperial soldiers parade through the main street, their armor glinting in the sunlight. The camera pans across a gathered crowd and focuses on two young men watching with eyes of admiration. We recognize one as a young Elwood, or rather, Arikson Talamore. Flash, we cut to a new scene, with Arikson still in focus, but slightly older now, proud and determined in a line of marching soldiers on a country road. An orange sunset silhouettes farmers and laborers working their fields as his battalion continues to march. Flash, we cut again, this time to the sounds of battle. An arrow flies through the sky from a line of trees. Nirmathi rangers and Malthuni imperial soldiers fight at the edge of a forest. Arikson and another man stand back to back, cornered. The arrow pierces the man's skull and he collapses just moments before Arikson is rescued by a charge of Malthuni cavalry. Flash. The camera pans up from the ground and we see Arikson kneeling beneath an elm tree, his face solemn and a short sword plunged into a slight mound in front of him. Flash. We see a unit of soldiers standing at attention as a man addresses them from a balcony at Fort Ramgate. Around the barracks, in line at the mess halls, on the training fields, I have heard what you've been saying, soldiers. You scoff at the rebels. You think they're a joke, that their weapons and techniques are inferior. Some of you brag that you'll single-handedly bring an end to the Northern Rebellion. I'm telling you, you're wrong. These Nirmathi know the woods beyond these gates better than you know the lines on the back of your own hands. They move like lightning, they strike with fury, and if given the chance, they'll cut you down before you can even draw your swords. You have much on your side, soldiers, it's true, and with the guidance of your superiors and the support of your comrades, I truly believe your unit will do well. But I'll tell you one thing. Underestimate the enemy at your own peril. A cocky Malthuni is surely a dead one. Flash. We see Arikson again, this time in imperial armor decorated with marks of honor and command. He sits atop a warhorse, frantically waving his arms to rally a unit of hobgoblins slaughtering Nermothi citizens outside Fort Ramgate. He cries out, trying to call them back, but his words are drowned out by the chaos. In the distance, we see two female figures, mostly clothed in northern attire, attempting to flee as a third male figure stands his ground. Flash. A leaf falls over the camera lens, and we return to the elm tree. Arikson lays his imperial medallion and his marks of honor atop the same mound next to a now rusty blade. 
Flash, we cut again and see Arikson, or rather Elwood, as we are used to seeing him, in Irmathi garb, leading a group of merchants and defending them from bandits. Flash, for a final time, we cut to a silent scene of a man, his back to the camera, charging away into a horde of monstrous humanoid figures. We see Elwood as he runs, in slow motion holding a magnificent longsword in both hands. As he makes contact with the horde, he swings with all his might and is countered by one of the hobgoblins, and at that moment we hear a loud clang, and time returns to normal as we are engulfed in the chaotic sound of battle. Hobgoblins roar as they move to surround the lone warrior. Blades deflect off his armor, but some find purchase in the exposed areas of his body. He yells out and continues to desperately swing his weapon, landing more than a few blows himself. But the battle lasts only a few seconds before several blades pierce his armor and plunge into his, into his torso. He falls to his knees and the hobgoblins raise their blades to strike one final blow. When a voice cries out, Hold your blades. The camera pans to Kirkry, her arm outstretched. Don't kill him yet. We'll take him to the lieutenant and make an example out of him. We then see the hobgoblins drag Elwood's nearly unconscious body across the market green to the base of a towering black stone structure at its center. Kirkry pulls out a vial and forces it into, the, into Elwood's throat, and his wounds slowly heal. From a raised platform in the structure, we hear a voice. Kirkry, what are you doing here? You are ordered to guard the bridge. We see a tinge of fear in Kirkry's face. I saw some commotion in that direction. Surely you haven't fled your post. Of course not, sir. It's just that we caught this human trying to escape. I, I brought him here to make an example out of him for the other prisoners. Just one? You expect me to believe he made all that racket on his own? Well, no, sir, there were others, but hold your tongue. I care not for your pitiful excuses. You were given a task which you have failed and you dare to think that bringing me one half-dead dog will make up for it? There's a pause before the voice returns, and as it does, we hear footsteps descending from the platform. Kurgri, your failure would normally be punishable by death, but we have just accomplished a great first step for the Legion. Tonight should be a time of celebration, so I will give you a chance to redeem yourself. The figure finally comes into view as a hulking figure, still shrouded in darkness of night. The figure reaches towards Elwood, grabs him by the neck, and effortlessly lifts him to his feet. You said it yourself, we need to make an example out of this wretched mutt, and you will be the one to do so. Prove that you are still worth keeping alive. The fear on Kirkry's face is replaced with sadistic pleasure. It would be my honor, sir. And with that, I will refer you all to roll 20, as I am going to remove the Fog of War from this map oh, here. Oh, no. Can you all see the uh, map there with Elwood? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, this is the situation he is in. Oh. Eh. 
He's got it under control. <laughs> Never tell me the no odds. Now, <laughs> live forever. Now, where's Niari <laughs> trying to get the Masterwork shield from? You know, <laughs> she's going back to try and get to it. Okay, so, Elwood, the situation that you find yourself in, you are surrounded by many hobgoblins, and in front of you, that you can barely see in the darkness, is Kurgri, her weapons drawn. You still have access to the uh, Auburn's longsword that you had before you charged. Um, I think you dropped your shield, so you don't have that. I did. You are at full health, though. And you're going to have to roll initiative. Okay. <laughs> Six. Not as good as I was hoping. Well, unfortunately, Kirkery rolled a seven. <laughs> oh. So she will be going first. I added my plus one, right? Yeah. However, it is. just as uh, this duel begins, Elwood, Elwood, you feel a very calming presence wash over you. And you recall the prayer that you had spoken out, yelled out before you charged the hobgoblins and as you feel this this presence wash over you you look down and the longsword that you had used, not Auburn's longsword, but the other one the one that was yours originally you see it glow with light and as you draw it out you feel that it is different it was just a normal longsword before, but it has some sort of magical balance to it. It feels just twice as good as it ever did before. And you feel that, you know, your surroundings kind of almost seem to slow faintly. And as you're looking around, you realize that it's not necessarily that things are slowing down, but your senses are heightened to an absolute peak. And what essentially is going to happen is that because of your prayer and Iomade's answer, you will be affected by three different spells for this combat. Haste, Light, which is cast on your on your normal longsword, and your longsword is also affected by magic weapon. So it becomes a plus one, it plus is a, one. It is essentially a plus one longsword with light cast on it, and you have haste. I believe I already put haste as a buff in your character sheet. Can't remember if I... You did, thank did you. Yeah, so you can add that and make sure that your weapon is working as a plus one. Um, damage and to hit should be higher, correct? Should be one higher than a normal longsword, yes. And I can... Add that instead of a plus one from weapon finesse or focus, I can make that a plus two. And yep. for damage, I can add a miscellaneous plus one. Yes. For an item bonus. Yep. Okay. Okay, so you have all of those on, and now we will do the first round of combat. And as I said, Kurgri will be going first here. She is going to. She already has her. her sword in her 
shield out. She looks at you and just spits on the ground before her, doesn't say a word, and then charges straight at you with a grin on her face. So she's going to make a charge attack at you with her scimitar. That is a very low roll that with the charge bonus that is only a tw- 11 to hit. Which is going to miss. That was her round. You are up, Elwood. What would you like to do? Um, Hang on, I just got to make sure this is going to work. Yeah. Um... Give me a second, sorry. We just we jumped right into it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He is going to take a full round attack. Yeah. To start. Yeah, that's what he's gonna do. And uh, I think Yeah, we're just gonna do that for now. But I get two attacks then now because I'm hasted, right? That is correct. Because I can make an additional one at my full base attack bonus. So there's no reason yep. full attack and damage roll roll them all together. Um, it does not matter. You can roll them one at a time or all at once. Okay, I'll do them all at once. Uh, and he offers just thanks. First one misses. Same roll that she had. That'll hit. That will hit for 10 points of damage. Yeah. Okay. Real quick, are you power attacking on these or is it just regular swings? Power attack on all of them. Power attack. Okay, so you land a heavy blow and you kind of cut right through her armor. Her her left pauldron flies off detached from her, her armor. She is still up, but you have landed the first blow. Do you have anything else that you would like to do? That was your full round action. You only have a five foot step left if you'd like to talk, if you'd like it. I can take a five foot step and I will make her have to close the distance. Okay. You step there, and you can you can hear behind you hobgoblins. Just they have their own weapons drawn, and they're kind of like reaching out. They're not coming. They're not coming closer to you, but they're like reaching out, trying to hit you as well, just to get something in there, sneering at you and laughing. Yep. Back to her, she will undaunted step forward and make an attack again. Goodness. I was rolling really good last time. <laughs> I rolled a three on the first attack. This one, I rolled a five for another 11. So she misses again, this time cursing out in rage at the fact that she's not doing very well. She was looking forward to this opportunity. Elwood, it's your turn again. Um, I'm going to take a chance here and make an assumption. Um... I will swift action smite evil. Okay. Uh, on this next attack. Let me just check. Yeah, she's evil. 
All right. Somebody um, multi-class? All right, somebody did multi-class. <laughs> after paladin? All. I went paladin to be on die. That's Whoa. right. Whoa. I uh, know. Pretty good, right? Pretty good. Um, so I think that I have a buff in here that should accurately calculate it. It's a plus charisma mod to attack and damage and a charisma mod to my deflection AC against that creature. Yep, and then I think your paladin level to damage, which is just one. Which is just one, yes. yes. Which is in there and did accurately get added in. Um, I'll take two more attacks with my hasted action. Make your attacks. Yeah! Oh, <laughs> yeah! yeah! So, Kurgri had, at the very start, she had 27 hit points. And with those two hits, that is a total of 37 damage. Ah! <laughs> How would you like to do this? There are tears still in his eyes. But he feels the warmth of Yomadai. And whether or not he should, he feels forgiven. And this, the rest is just extra. This is just bliss. And uh, a smile curls perhaps on his face, not in the, the delight of the killing, but that his death wasn't in vain. He knows his friends got away. He knows Yomadai heard him. And he strikes once across her chest. And as she's knocked off balance without missing a beat, he steps forward, leaning into the strike, and comes back through, felling her and ripping her apart as she crumbles and collapses before him, dead. Yes, and as you're doing that, you can see the look on her face, and it's just pure rage. But then as that final strike begins to land, it is fear as she, as the light goes out from her eyes, and she dies. Real quick, how does everyone respond to this? They cheer. They, they, you know, they didn't really care who won. They know eventually you will fall. And they don't care how many it takes. They're just relishing the combat in general. And as you land this strike and she collapses across uh, this ring of hobgoblins it kind of opens up and in walks that hulking figure which I can show to all of you here shift Z oh my word oh my gosh good luck I thought that stone was part of his foot for a second I'm like (laughs) what is going on with his foot. Oh, I did too. I was like, oh, it's a massive foot. That hulking figure walks into the arena and at least head and shoulders above you. You're a distance. It's hard to compare, but just twice your size. Oh, and the voice, the same voice that was talking to Curry from before is this figure. And he says, I had a feeling she was useless. I'll finish you myself. And then as he's walking in, you hear a different voice, also from outside, as the 
crowd parts again, and a different figure walks and he says, Stand down, Scarvinius. I will handle him <laughs> as this figure Ooh. walks into the arena. Ooh. Oh, he's weird. Punch baggers. Oh my gosh. I think that's supposed to be a woman. It is not. Oh, it's not? No, it's not a woman. Feminine to me. As this figure figure walks into the arena, all of the hobgoblins immediately kneel, including this hulking figure whom has just been named Scarvinius. Scarvinius looks over and he's like, Lieutenant, I can handle this. You don't have to get involved. Stand down, like I said. You're worthless. So are all of your troops. Didn't even land a hit, did she? I'm sick of this farce. (laughs) Then he turns to look at you and he says, I don't care who you are or what you did. We have business to attend to in this whole mess is slowing things down. So get rid of that stupid smile and prepare to die like the dog you are. And as he does that, the hulking figure timidly backs out of the arena and you are left face to face with this other figure. Oh no. Can I uh, talk? Absolutely. You can say something before we roll initiative again. Yeah. You have all secured yourself an early death. If not by my hand, then Amati will lick their wounds and they will strike back. This will be your grave error. And he readies. Okay, roll initiative. This is cool. <laughs> there we go. You know what's a boss when the smaller one comes out? <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's some Dark Souls crap right there. Yeah, that's, that's something. So this figure is going to go first. Oh! Yikes! <laughs> I'm thinking like rogue levels or something. And uh, I really once, hope not. Once you uh, shout out that uh, that final phrase... All the hobgoblins just kind of laugh. They're not taking you seriously whatsoever. They start cheering again as this figure steps forward. He will step right into the middle of the arena. Drawing both of these looks like daggers, but they're held kind of with like a cross beam between. He just holds them out and just waits for you to approach. What do you do, Elwood? He'll charge. Okay. If he can take one more, one more with him. Absolutely. That'll that'll do it. You charge, make your attack with a plus two charge bonus. You'll have to add it in after, and I have to take off smite real quick. 
Sure. T- turns out he was actually charging the guy behind him. <laughs> like, yeah, I, saw, I started attacking the crowd. Actually, <laughs> it's the guy closest to me. Kill, that, <laughs> kill him. Uh, I'll swing with redemption. Okay, that is a miss. Uh, that's I can't win this fight. <laughs> as you as you swing, as you swing at this creature, he just steps to the side. You didn't even come close, and he just grins at you. That was a nat 16. All of you watching at home. A natural 20 oh. always hits. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> he looks down at you, and you're looking up at him. It is his turn now. He makes a full attack. I, I know what I did. On his first strike... Well, he's not high enough level to have iterative attacks, is he? <laughs> That'd be really so bad. I just rolled a bluff check for him Ooh. because he is fainting you. Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. So his total bluff result was a natural 20 on the die for a 38 bluff. <laughs> that results against my what now? It's against uh, 10 plus your base attack bonus plus your wisdom modifier. <laughs> yep. Well, um... <laughs> he wants a sneak attack. I'm fooled. All right, so she got he got the best of me. This yep, time. So that was that was his uh, effectively his first attack. He yes, does he have can... iterative attacks. Yes. So. Oh my gosh! I'm so dead. Well, he also, he's <laughs> holding two weapons, so he clearly has two weapon fighting. Oh, I forgot about that too. So he makes uh... his attack with his offhand weapon. That is a. 24 to hit, and I think you're flat-footed because of the... No, I acted because... I... Oh, flat-footed because of the faint, Because of, yes. of the faint, I believe. So 24 against flat-footed. Yes, that'll hit. And let me double-check about faint. I do believe in first edition it will leave you flat-footed. Does it hit Did if no. you're not flat-footed? So you're not flat-footed, but you deny him of the use of his dexterity bonus, which is basically flat-footed, but you don't gain the flat-footed condition. Okay. So he is going to make an attack here, and I'm going to roll the damage in chat, so you can all see. Oh, he's just showing off at this point. One hit. I'm done, I bet. Wait, what's he... Holy shoot! You take 42 points of damage as this guy's offhand dagger plunges right into your neck. And he lifts you off the ground. Blood is just pulling from the wound. And he tosses your body to the ground, looks at all the hobgoblins around him and says, Get back to work! And flash, we cut out of that scene. Thus ends Elwood. What a great job! Oh, I'm gonna miss him. Oh, I'm gonna miss him. I really loved Elwood. Oh, that was so good, though. What a death! What a death! Yep, you uh, you might encounter that uh, that guy again in the future. That's foreboding. Oh, you think? It's very foreboding. <laughs> Offhanded. Did 42 damage on their second attack. Maybe they, if they have improved faint, I think they can faint as a move action. So maybe that's why she let me come to her, him, or he let me come to him. Uh, but 
No matter how you slice it, that was not a winnable game. 7d8. <laughs> I'm trying to think, because I played a rogue up to his fifth level, and I think I got 3d8. Yeah, seven's a lot. Of yeah, you also took seven points of bleed, by the way. I'll, I'll I'll mark that. So as it flashes away, instead of a flash, let's go for more of a zoom effect on this one. As it pans <laughs> out, from the yeah, and you see this from the neck and the the blade. Is it still lit, or does the spell fade? As the life and the light from your eyes fade, so too does the blade. So you kind of like it's like one of those close-up shots where you see his own blade in his eyes, and it's glinting. And then it's gone. It pans out. The blade's gone. And he's blood. Oh. <sighs> At least we- you took down the evil woman. I did. I did. That was the grace worth it. of Yomadai. It was worth it. Yeah. And I saved you. So, worth it. Worth we, it. we transition to a group of 20 or so fleeing survivors as you guys make it to the um, edge of the Fangwood you kind of look behind you and you see just a ceiling of smoke hangs over the city reflecting the orange glow from burning houses ash drifts into the air like falling snow the screams of townsfolk have died away leaving an eerie silence broken now and then by the howling of wolves or the harsh tones of the goblin tongue bodies lie in the streets sprawled in pools of blood where they fell it seems everyone else in town may be imprisoned or dead except for the hobgoblin invaders Fandar has fallen and as you guys make your way into the fangwood forest give a little bit of description about the the terrain here so the terrain in the fangwood is difficult rolling hills gullies sudden drops house-sized boulders and thick strands Thick stands of undergrowth make for a confusing and treacherous landscape that generally prevents line of sight for about 100 feet. Can't move straight for about 100 feet. Um, Strands of ancient elven magic sometimes cause the terrain to shift seasonally, rotating copses of trees, raising hills, uncovering previously hidden canyons. Trees grow over 100 feet high and blot out the sun in most of the forest, leaving the forest floor in a perpetual twilight and often supporting entirely separate ecosystems in their upper branches. Though beautiful, the constant switchbacks and shifting terrain make travel hard for even seasoned rangers. This is the terrain that you guys are all fleeing into, and uh, it is getting into night at this point, and the majority of your group cannot see in the dark. You all move as long and as far into the forest as you can to escape anything that could be pursuing you. Uh, But eventually, the exhausted townsfolk have to stop. They have to rest. It's probably midnight by the time this occurs. You've just been running as a group through the forest. You you probably don't know exactly where you are. And uh, as you all kind of catch your breath, what uh, what are the three survivors of the party thinking? And start whoever wants to start. Just what is your character thinking as they're 
maybe leaning against a tree or collapsed on the ground? How are they processing what just happened? <laughs> you guys can go ahead if you have any <laughs> thoughts already. <laughs> so I'll I'll say so Nayari comes down off of her her rage and is immediately struck with like such a heavy fatigue that it's like coming down off such a great high and it's like the weight of the world has crashed down on her and she as soon as they come to a stop she kind of goes and she just slumps against a tree and like holds her head in her hands and closes her eyes as tears just involuntarily begin streaming down her face and she's immediately transported back to a memory um she hears a voice in her head and it's her own voice and it says mama i don't want to go tomorrow and suddenly she's in this small tent and she's sitting on the ground on a, a cozy bearskin rug. And her mother sits behind her on a, a wooden cot and she's braiding her hair. And she says, you will be with many warriors, Stiernelis. Her mother using her name in her native scald. You do not need to fear the hunt. This is part of your growing up. You should be proud as a member of the Snowmask tribe. With this hunt, you will be accepted as one of the warriors. Nayari bites her trembling lip and she says, Mama, what if I can't be a warrior? What if I'm too scared? Ingrid finishes the braid and then slides down onto the ground next to her daughter and she looks at her and says, You will always feel fear, Stiernelis. It is what you do with your fear that defines you. Courage is not being unafraid. Courage is being scared to death and moving forward regardless. And the vision, her vision fades out and she wipes her tears from her face and opens her eyes and puts her head back against the tree and just just sits. And she's shaking. like She can't stop shaking. I can go next. Go Take it away, Oren. Yeah, so, so Oren, much the same. Finds a, a nice rock, big, big boulder to just sit down next to, and uh, you know he pull, pulls out his his uh, he carries a little book with him that has the hammer and tongs symbol on it, and it's lacquered and he pulls it out and and begins just you know reading, but then flips to the back and he has a small area in the back where he takes notes and he begins writing about Elwood, what he remembers. You know, he didn't know Elwood, but he, he just mm. jots down a little bit about Elwood and and begins taking notes on, you know, Fandar and what what transpired there and, and grievances to, to repay one day. Mm-hmm. He's writing a list. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> Theros walks away from the group a bit of a ways to find some time to himself and uh, he finds a, a nearby tree that's close enough he can still see the group but far enough to wait to hide the despair on his face to hide 
the tears that are slowly making their way down his cheeks as he too recalls a memory. That's all right. Don't be shy. Come on. Come to me. Come here, he says in a childlike voice as Volus, a small bear cub, emerges from a little berry bush. It's all right. We can share this, he says as he holds out a handful of berries to the small cub. Volus happily partakes in the small meal and uh, Theros crouches down next to him strokes his fur are you lost too he asks the small creature and it looks up at him and continues eating happily and uh, cuts back to Theros quietly weeping next to the tree as he says I'm so sorry I'm so sorry my friend that's it and Theros, as you were running with the group, you could feel that that empathic bond with Volus that you've had ever since you met. Just every step that you took further away, the bond felt like it was straining. You get to this point and you just feel like it's barely holding on by a thread. And you just know in your mind that come the morning, you probably won't feel it at all and uh, the rest of the refugees here they they're still panicked they're just sobbing one to another none of them are really handling any of this well and they shouldn't be many of them lost family members what do you all do in this night do you all just kind of do you try to, like, set up tents? Do you just make makeshift, like, beds out of leaves and whatnot on the ground? like, Or do you just collapse where you are, too tired to really do any setting up, so to speak? Theros is going to uh, just collapse where he's at because all of his survival gear was with Volus for the most part. Um... Aside from his cold weather outfit and his tent and everything else was with the bear, so yeah. I'll uh, I'll at least pull out my bedroll, but I'm just gonna sleep by the rock. Nayari's going to um, she's gonna take out her bedroll and she's got a blanket. Um, and then I would also imagine as part of like the cold weather outfit that she's got some sort of like jacket or coat. And she's just going to find any children or any elderly people and she's just going to she's going to give them her her things and um, she's used to the cold weather so she's she's fine with being cold. Um, she glances over at where Ilika is and then turns and goes off into the dark and sits up against a tree and goes to sleep holding the butterfly carving of Desna in her hand these are heroes guys good job everyone oh my <laughs> gosh Nayari as you're looking around for someone to give your your bedroll to 
there are no children or elderly in the group. It looks like those two demographics wouldn't have made it out. That's so sad. That's awful. Seems unnecessary. (laughs) The 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 oldest member of this group is most likely Jin Varric, though, and he was heavily wounded, so he's probably the one that you go to and and yeah. set up for to give him a, as as good a place to rest as he as he can, as he is probably how... the most in need. Sure, you <laughs> might want to give it to Kenning, your best bud. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you She's imagine how crushing it must be for her? You know, like going and looking for someone to help, yes. like a way to make mm-hmm. sense of this senseless violence and like at least I can do good and it's like no <laughs> there's not even anyone to do good for there's nothing left yeah nothing. and she's she's definitely sealed off her emotions so I mean right. at some point it'll break but she's hardened herself and she's just not letting herself feel at this point right she, you'd have to you'd have to alright and um yeah, every, all the others are pretty much doing the same thing. They're just kind of collapsing where they're at. Um, even even Rena, who is uh, just, as the book describes it, irritatingly optimistic. She <laughs> kind of goes around, you know, trying her best to comfort people, saying like, oh, we can, we can, you know, we can, we'll figure things out in the morning or, or something like that. But every person that she goes to, you can feel less and less conviction in her voice until halfway through she just kind of stops and finds her own place as well and you all bed down for the night exhausted and the night passes and in the following morning maybe around 8 o'clock or so as it would have been pretty late when you all rested and you were quite tired so about 8 o'clock perhaps in the morning as the sun rises and the canopy of trees blocks out a lot of the light so it's still pretty dim even though the sun is now up some of the uh some of the people who made it out maybe they had a couple supplies with them when they when they fled they start almost just on autopilot just setting up makeshift tents uh this is not the first time that members of Fangdar have had to flee into the fangwood it is the first time that they have not been able to do so without notice. They've always been able to see approaching raids coming days and days out because of how flat the planes are, but this is the first time that they were caught unawares. But they're used to fleeing into the Fangwood, so they're just kind of going about what they normally do, setting up tents and whatnot. For a lot of them, it's probably the first time they've done it just as themselves, like, without everyone else there. Yeah. Normally there's a lot more, and uh, this time... There, it's it's fewer than usual. So I've just moved you to a new map, uh, which I I have here. It's got a couple tents set up, and I put the named NPCs in each one of the tents. There would be more, but that's the that's the extent of the tents on this map. Uh, I've placed the three of you there. Um, in the morning, I think only one of you notices something that is odd uh something unexpected theros make a perception check okay (laughs) 
Theros, you wake up and everything seems kind of normal. Which is odd to you because you specifically expected things to be worse in the morning. But that bond you feel with Volus is still there. And what's more is it feels stronger. Almost as if Volus is still alive. What? You kind of focus on that that feeling, that bond, and you are hit with a flood of emotions, primarily one of fear and one of, you know, being lost. But it seems that Volus is on the move. And, you know, he's a bear. He has scent. He, he can track. And it seems like he's making his way to you, which baffles you. You, you know that he had been healed to an extent, but you weren't able to bring him to consciousness. You fled, you figured he would either bleed out or that the hobgoblins would get to him, but it seems that is not the case. And uh, maybe an hour goes by, maybe you get up and run in the direction that you think he might be running towards back, back towards Feindar. About an hour goes by, and eventually... Let me just pop this on the map here. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) So what happens is that this is kind of out of game rules talk here, but when a character is below zero, but stable, like they've been healed or they've been stabilized via any other means, they are allowed a check once per hour to become conscious. They're still at minus hit points, so they're still staggered and all of that, but they have a check. And I gave Volus a check within the first hour of going down to see if Elwood's distraction would last long enough for him to become conscious and cross the bridge before the hobgoblins came back. And the DC was 13 because of his minus hit points. And you can actually, you'd have to scroll up pretty far, but up there in the history somewhere, I made the roll visible. I rolled for his constitution check, and he rolled a natural 17. So within the first hour, he came to consciousness and started following your guys' scent into the forest. Oh, good bear! And throughout the night, he has eventually caught up to you guys. And uh, Theros, you see him. What do you do? I'm booking it to him. <laughs> you run over to him. You see that he's still heavily wounded. You know, he's he's at, what does he look like? He's at one hit point at this point. Um, heavily, heavily wounded, but he is up and he's lumbering towards you. Theros is just like half crying, half laughing seeing Volus there. It's like, you... My brother. Just, he's stumbling over his words. He doesn't even know what to say. Volus! Volus! And and he pulls out the, um... uh, Wand of Cure Light Wounds. And, uh... And tries to heal him immediately. Yep. Go ahead and roll that. That's one... One, One uh... 
plus one. One D four, you said? One D eight. One D eight plus one. Sorry, it cut out. Oh, you're good. Oops. That, that, Whoa, that D eighteen. <laughs> That is not. Thought you would slip under the radar if it rolled below an eight. You that is your a, bet. That is a very <laughs> unique one. D eight plus one. There we go. That's more. Not bad. Not bad. So Volus gains six hit points, and just so you know, um, I leveled him in everything except I think skill ranks because I didn't know how you would distribute them. So okay. I gave him the hit points that he would have earned i increased his base attack bonuses saves all of that stuff i think it's just he gets one more skill rank that you can put into whatever skill you want i'm going to use the uh lit cure light wounds until he's full health yep he's at seven so he's still down 12 nice second do animal companions just get a flat bonus HP? Yes. Yeah. They get half hit points. At this okay. point, is this the only way that Volus could re- regain health? He wouldn't regain it rest. from. Um, he will. He will slowly regain hit, hit points as he rests. Um, and you know that uh, you would probably have a sense. Actually, make a make a wisdom check. Just wisdom. a flat. Okay. You're, you're, tracking, you're tracking the charges. Yeah. So you're like, check. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you realize that um, chances are there that Auburn is in the morning. Uh, you know that she has a little bit of clerical healing uh, at her disposal. You get a sense that she's probably just going to spend all of that in the morning to heal up anybody who is still wounded like just around the various uh, refugees that got wounded mm-hmm. as they fled. So you think that, you know, if, if you just lead Volus back to camp, uh, she can probably handle the rest. Then I will do so. Okay. Theros and Volus rejoin camp. And yes, Aubryn goes ahead and she uses all of her channels, all of her spells, everything that she has to make sure that everybody at camp is at full. Oh, all of their so wounds cool. are addressed. All of their, all of their ailments and whatnot. And Thanks, you see, Jinveric is his wrist. You know, his wrist doesn't come back. The <laughs> the, the wound there is over. He's still missing that hand, but the burn marks are pretty much gone. And uh, he wakes up and he's he's feeling just fine, except for the the missing hand and. And uh, Nayari and Oren, you wake up and you see Theros return to camp with Volus. What what do you guys make of that? So Nayari, like probably up against the tree, didn't sleep very well, but is kind of self inflicted. And um, if she sees Volus, like I think she would just kind of like half sob, half laugh, like just as a stress relief of like you're overcome, yeah we needed something like we needed one thing and that was the thing that we needed and like she left that shack in a rage to go fight the hobgoblin outside and i don't think she fully processed like what that did like she didn't have any means to bring the bear up but like she didn't know what had happened to him really like she left that that shack and 
then he didn't come with them last night. So I think just like a little bit of relief. Yeah, and so Orin just starts laughing and, you know, he's just, he's overwhelmed by it because, you know, he functionally is the one that had to abandon the bear as well. You know, he, he had stayed and tried to heal it as long as he could and just couldn't get it back up. So he's, he's, he's super thankful and, you know, just starts, uh, starts reading from his prayer book and, and just super happy that, that the bear's even back and is overwhelmed that it was able to, to make its way back. Yeah. On that. You know, honestly, he, he thought it had died and like he couldn't do anything about it. You know, that was a, that was a heavy burden on him because he had to leave the shack knowing that the bear was still, you know, wounded and wasn't even conscious and there was nothing he could do about it. Nothing further he could do about it. Yep. And, uh, what a beat though in the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nayari, roll a super easy perception check for me. Oh, One that geez. I probably shouldn't even have you roll, but I said it, so I'll have you roll anyways. You succeed. Thank okay. goodness I didn't biff that one because I, I know. You got, you got that Nat 1, you've been caught in the one, DM. It's super like, easy. It's DC 5. Okay. He'll be like, that actually met the DC. So, um, yeah, so sorry, I asked you to roll. <laughs> yeah. Once, once I explain what you see, it'll become very obvious why a roll probably wasn't necessary. But I think with a low DC, it could have been just because of how distracted you might be. Right, right. But you, you wake up, you see Volus you know, comes into camp alive. And, you know, as you're having that reaction, you hear a slight stirring uh, just beside you, leaning against the same tree that you were. And you turn your head and it's Ilika. She's still asleep, but kind of stirring a little bit. Aww. And she was just laying, you know, leaning against the tree. Aww. Maybe her head was resting very close to your shoulder. Isn't that so cute? Aww. Oh <laughs> <laughs> and, and does uh, she does she still have the the necklace that Nairi gave her? Yeah, yeah. And um, as as you guys are all having these reactions, laughing and whatnot, Singvol is still alive. A strange, infectious optimism just pervades the camp. You know, these guys were all these survivors were through a lot, and they see you guys just you know, celebrating over this bear coming back alive and and uh, everybody's, you know, healed up, all of their wounds are gone and there's just this hopeful presence in the camp. With the, And, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say with that being said, like everybody's sensing that presence, um, can, can Theros say something? Absolutely. Although he feels completely out of character, he feels he, he owes, owes this, uh, this is the least he can do, but as he looks around and notices everybody, um, everybody's spirits coming up, um, he grabs a nearby glass or, or, or cup or something someone was using um, just to, amongst the supplies, and he raises it up and he, and he says, Let us not forget the reason we are here tonight. Our brother Elwood gave his life so we could have this moment. Let this moment be the first in many where we fight back. Cheers to Elwood. And everyone in the camp, they all, you know, they don't have cups or anything, but they all like raise their fists in the air and there's a, 
There's a little bit of a cheer that everyone says to Elwood. Well, and actually, we I, do have some now. old law whiskey. So we have three bottles of that. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, three bottles you know, that you could pass around. Yeah, you don't want to necessarily carry that if we're going to be, you know, heading through the forest. So, like, we'd probably Snyder, take are you going to bring that up? <laughs> pass that out and just have everybody, like, take a swig or two from the bottle. Or he's got of... a whole bottle himself. <laughs> he's just chugging it against the rock. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. My internet died. What did I miss? Oh, oh, oh no! Whiskey. <laughs> we um in, your, in Elwood's honor. Thero, Theros so, made yeah. a toast yeah. in your in Elwood's honor, and a little oh, speech. <laughs> the dramatic irony there is really good. <laughs> oh. Yeah, right. So this uh, this you know minor celebration goes on for about an hour, and then you know once once you know people start coming back to to their situation. Um, the uh, three of you are approached by Auburn and uh, she comes to you and she says I cannot thank you enough for all that you've done you know I know that we lost a lot but you know looking around these people here wouldn't be here if it weren't for you if, if you three you four hadn't have been there <laughs> I don't know if any of us would have made it out so I thank you for that but but now we have other problems. We uh, we have limited supplies, and I don't know how long we're going to be stuck out here. Do you uh, perhaps have any ideas? I think a lot of the people here they they look up to you. You're you're something of heroes, really. I don't know if maybe you don't want to be in a position of leadership, but I think. I think you might be the the best ones to organize a, a survival effort here for as long as we need to stake our stake out here and, and wait until we can return to Feindar. And at this point, we can kind of discuss the survival rules if you would like, if you have any questions after reading them. Basically... Uh, in order to be like well-fed, everyone, including yourselves and probably including Volus, I'd say, uh, has to eat one provision point per day. Um, you can survive on half, but if you do that for too many days, uh, you will start, uh, you know, having to to roll against starvation um, oh, yeah. as you as you don't have the right uh, nutrients to sustain the amount of effort that you're putting into every day surviving in the in the forest here um did we, i believe on the chart was that did we lose josh again we lost his video no, he's muted i'm here i'm just muted because i'm on my phone and trying to fix the internet I don't ah. want to interrupt anything that's going on You're i good. can hear everything now though. okay so i believe uh i'll have to pull up the uh survival the what is it npc tracker chart that we have um i believe you have 25 survivors and that is not including the three of you in Volus so there'd be 29 of you total and you have 44 provision points so if everybody were to eat one provision point per day that would last you a little less than two days so 
<laughs> one of the main uh one of the main issues in this next part of the adventure is going to be survival you know managing the uh the survivors the npcs here you know making sure that people are doing some sort of job they can either go out and and hunt or forage for food they can build shelters which there's a couple up now um they can if they have the tools they can craft things and uh any of them who have handle animal which i believe is only the warriors which you have four of so uh the so warriors the have those as well uh Oh, they do. Yeah. I, yep. I didn't see that it was in there. Yep. Um, so you actually have a number of people in this group that can go out and try to, uh, get animals. Some of the goats or sheep that might've run into the thing went after the attack. Uh, and you can start to, uh, gather them around and, uh, animals generate a certain amount of provision points every couple days. Uh, or they can just be butchered for an immediate food resource if needed. But uh, yeah, there's there's a number of different uh, actions that survivors can take. Uh, Jet, Kining, and Rena all have unique bonuses that they provide as long as they are in the camp. Uh, I believe only Jet and Rena are worth mentioning. Kining, if you have to make use of Kining's benefit, then something has gone <laughs> terribly wrong. <laughs> please no, please no. What's her benefit? Oh yeah, it's in the her, her benefit is yeah. Plus while she's in the, while she's there, everybody gets a bonus to initiative. So if the refugees have to start making initiative checks, that's a bad sign. Something has happened. A bad day. But uh, yeah, so all that information is there, and uh, you guys are kind of in a position to lead these these refugees for a while. Um, so what, what do you guys do on this first day? Um, I can move you all to the hex map, hex map. If you want to look at it, you can either start exploring the area or you can maybe set up a more, uh, suitable campsite here, make it, make some checks to, to set up some, some decent tents for everyone. Make sure everybody has some temporary, uh, shelter, but Auburn would come to you and she would voice, she'd be like, well, we can... We can camp out here for a little while, but eventually we're going to need something more permanent than this. If a storm comes by or wild animals, anything, we this isn't a very good permanent shelter. We need a, somewhere else that we can go. Um, and that's probably going to require, you know, searching the area. I know that there's a, a couple places that might work. They're not much better, but they're one step up, I suppose, from just camping out here in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah, so the things you have to address is you have to make sure you have a certain number of provisions to feed everyone, and you might you might be forced to have some people go with half provisions or no provisions for a day or so at a time, um, and you'll have to find a more permanent shelter for everyone. Those are the two big concerns here. Um, uh, everyone who has it make a what is it a knowledge geography or a knowledge local check i believe i don't have those i have a knowledge geography and a knowledge nature okay roll geography okay let me look at do what you have ranks in it okay i do uh, have four no i have one rank for a total of four because okay. knowledge skills are trained only, so without a rank, even if it would be not in your list normally, you wouldn't have it. That's all I was checking. 
Okay, so with that role, Theros, you're you're kind of racking your brain. You've been in the Fangwood before, but you're not really coming up with any specific locations that you can maybe investigate to try to find shelter. Um, Auburn does provide one potential lead. Uh, she says uh, there is a it's a uh, Chernasardo ranger readout that um, you know the rangers would occasionally make use of while they're in the area. Uh, let me just find the, the thing here for that one. It is an annoyingly large number of pages away from where I was. Yep, so she says, I, I know of one spot. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a swampy gully uh, to the to the south uh, east a bit here, but um, we could you could maybe look into that area, see if you can find the. Uh, it's just a, it's really just a cabin. I don't know if it would really even fit all of us. It'd be pretty crowded, but maybe if you know we have no choice, we can all you know push ourselves in there for a short time. Maybe um, I doubt I doubt we'd find anyone there. It's it's abandoned most of the time. They only show up every once in a while. Um, I think, I mean, if you guys go to investigate that, I, I'll, I'll see if I can maybe get in contact with some of the, some of the rangers. It'll take some time there. You know, word travels really slowly when you have to leave marks on trees and just hope somebody comes by and sees it. And it's been a long time since I've been with the rangers, so I don't know if they'll even pay attention to any of my messages. They might think that they're outdated. Uh... But I'll do my best. Yeah. I'll see if I can't come into contact with someone while you guys are looking around for shelter. That's what she says. GM, what was the name that she mentioned for the place? The place that we were just talking about? Yeah. It is just a... It, there's no name to it. It's just a, a ranger readout. It's Got just it. like Got a it. cabin. Yep. Kind of. Just a small place that they'd go like one or so one group at a time maybe it's really small not the best uh for shelter but it's better than nothing is what she's saying and you would all know that there are other places in the fangwood there's occasional you know shacks that hunters would use uh maybe caves that animals stay in so there's places around but uh at the moment none of you are really coming up with uh, any specific locations other than the one that she mentioned and all she said is that it was to the south uh, east of where you are in a small wood that is kind of separate from Fangwood. There's a little bit of a gap between the proper Fangwood and this wood that the uh, that it is in. And I can move, I'll move the map here so you guys can see the hex map at the bottom left here. So... So the, I have a token over here in the river at the moment. Uh, I'll show it to you guys here. That is going to signify the tile that you guys are on. That is going to be the party tile. Uh, and over here in the middle of nowhere, that's on the map layer. Over here in the middle of nowhere is the camp that you currently have. Uh, it's just a bunch of tents at the moment. It's not a very good permanent solution to the shelter issue. But for the time being, that is where all of the refugees are going to be. And I believe the only other icon that you can see is where Feindar would be. And that is uh, that is Feindar at the moment. 
Well, I don't think we're going back there anytime soon. Yes. So with the hex exploration rules is that uh, depending on what you guys decide to do, if you want to do exploration today or if you want to kind of set up the camp more today or maybe just forage in the general tile that you're on, just forage for food for now, that's up to you what you guys want to do. But uh, uh, basically the movement is you'll, you'll make a survival check. You guys can aid one person on the check and just that one result will determine how many text, how many hexes you can explore. Uh, as long as the hex is a forest hex, it uh, takes two hexes worth of movement because of how difficult the for- the Fangwood forest terrain is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys move further out of the forest and start getting to the plains, you can see pretty darn far and you can move a lot faster. But uh, we can get to that specifically once we decide what you guys want to do. At this point, maybe two hours have passed in the morning. Okay. I would say Nayari knows from her days in the snow mask. So they weren't like a nomadic tribe, but they would move. And like she knows the importance of shelter. So I think for her, she's definitely thinking like, this is all well and good for now. And like, this would be fine for somebody like me who's used to it. But if we get bad weather, you know, snowstorm, rain, anything like that, like these people are going to start to get sick. And so she's thinking first and foremost, like we need to find something that has more cover, whether it be a cave, whether it be this cabin, like we just need to get these people somewhere. And like, she knows the other people could try to forage for food in the meantime. So I think that's kind of where her mind is at. Yeah. Orin's thinking it's, it's all hands on deck. So like everyone's going to have to contribute to the survival same kind of mentality like a cave would be great if we can discover a cave of some kind that would be fantastic you know easily defensible provide shelter without having to be built kind of thing mm-hmm. so he's in the same same general mentality um definitely though he's thinking we have to move further mm-hmm. in the forest not set up camp here okay yeah and and uh, as you guys are having this conversation, everybody roll a perception check. Oh, jeez. At least he didn't say everybody roll initiative. <laughs> oh, no! No! <laughs> we just got out of it! Have oh, I even prepared man. myself yet? <laughs> I can see Feindar from here. <laughs> okay. Wow. We know everything. We're, so, we're very on edge, all of us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The three of you are are just hypersensitive to things at the moment. <laughs> all three of you, almost at the same time, hear rustling coming from the forest down. I'm on the wrong layer for you to see that. Down in this direction, I'm kind of pinging an area down to the south of the camp. You see rustling. Well, you don't see rustling. You hear rustling. <laughs> and, uh, a moment passes. The rustling is getting closer. Um, as it does, you kind of, you know, you you get into a stance, prepared for anything. And out of the bushes walks a figure. So I'll say Nayari has her bow drawn on whatever is coming out of this bush. Yes, and. Uh, Josh, can you describe this figure and and what this figure has been doing for the past hour or so in the area? Um, Yes, I can. Although before I get into it, you should all know I am still on my phone and the internet is still garbage. I'll need all of your assistance 
uh, to roll checks for me and stuff like that. But um, walking out of the woods, uh, you see a young olive-skinned man with the sandy brown hair and blue eyes, as I described. Um, And if you read my uh, description, you'll know that he's tall and muscular, but it's kind of got this diamond-shaped head that's kind of just rubs you the wrong way for no real good reason. Um, And these ears that stick out real far. And his nose is all crunched together. Um, But he doesn't seem threatening. And as as he walks around the bushes, you see that um, in his right hand, he's actually leading a horse um, that's with him there. And as as soon as he sees Niari um, with the bow, pointed to him uh he'll he'll throw his hands up quickly and like whoa whoa there wasn't uh wasn't looking for any trouble who are you who are you and why are you here i've never seen your face before and that's he he doesn't respond right away i think he's taking in the scene and he sees all the people and then very casually he just addresses theros and i say theros where's uh where is everyone else? Aiden, I don't I don't quite understand what you mean. The what do you the the rest of Fandar, you must have come into the woods, saw a troop not far away, I imagine. This is all of us. This is all that was able to escape before we were overrun. What do you mean? You can see for miles. You, I don't know how to but, explain it. But there's a giant tower that suddenly appeared in the middle of the town, and I don't know. It just, it all happened so fast. Everybody was overrun. People slaughtered. We barely managed to make it out, make it out alive, and it's all thanks to... Never mind. What are you doing here? His face has shifted to concern now, he says, My... My grandfather, Father Nolan, does he live? Theros uh, isn't entirely sure how to respond right away, so he hesitates and um, he he approaches Aiden and just puts his hand on his shoulder and he says, I'm so sorry. He didn't make it out with us. Oh. So it really is just me then. Uh, Aubrin. Aubrin the Green, the ranger. Oh, former ranger. Does she live? Yes. I'm here. I'm here, Aiden. She hears you guys talking and she kind of comes around to, to look at you and says, I'm here. Barely. And Aiden, you can see that she's kind of stumbling. She has been healed, yes, but the wound that she received was still very, very severe. So she's not yet at full capacity. She's still recovering. So she kind of I'm ambles back, over to you. Give me two seconds. One, Needless to say, Nayari has put away her bow at this point, saying that I, this is not a threat. Nayari looses an arrow. She pulls a guy Aiden. at the helm's deep and just like, whoops! 
Oh no, Josh, um, you're not you're not at the chat, but she rolled a natural twenty and max damage for times three crit, and uh, unfortunately, you're dead. You're dead. You really have an option, me, Sarah. You really do. I've just noticed you keep killing my characters, and now you're a player and you kill them. I don't understand. Oh, I thought you were blaming me for Elwood's death, which kind of you is touched true. the shield. I did. It's my fault. I'm cursed. Everyone around me dies. So, um, I, I didn't have my camera, nor was I with the recording equipment that I wanted, but you will have seen on his face um, that he's sad about his grandfather going away, but there's this kind of, like, odd, quip, quick, quip, quick acceptance of it. Just like, oh, well, then that's it. Like, now there's really no one, I, I, is the impression that you would have gotten as you watch whatever goes over his face. And uh, eh. Auburn, Auburn sees all this and she says, Aiden, I, I apologize that we couldn't get your grandfather out alive, but this is a time that we have to be strong. You've always wanted to prove yourself. You've always wanted to make a name for yourself. I think now is the time for you to... Now's your chance. Then I shall take it. What, um... Auburn, what, what, what is to be done? What must, what must I do? I will do it. That's good to hear. I was just telling the others here that we have, you know, a, only a short supply of provisions with us. We're going to need to set up some sort of system to keep ourselves alive as we're out here in the uh, exposed in the forest here. And also you're going to need to find shelter. Um, I've already told them about a ranger readout that I know about that uh, maybe you could assist them in, in looking into. I don't know if maybe you have any other uh, ideas. Uh, I know that you've been out here in the forest more recently than I have, so maybe you've seen something and with that, Aiden, you can roll a uh, knowledge geography or a knowledge local if you have either of those. I have uh, knowledge geography. Okay, go ahead and roll that. Okay. That is a pretty good roll. Oh, wow. That is better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so you can think of a couple places... Uh, one that comes to your head immediately, you're like, oh, well, uh, you know, gristle down, you know, right. that would be, that would work just fine. You haven't been there in a couple of days. You've been out here hunting pretty much, uh, getting ready to like go into Feindar for the festival. I had furs um, to trade. Yeah. You had been out here hunting, gathering furs, and you were going to go in in the morning to trade them when you came across all these tracks and followed them to find these people. But so you're like, you know, Grizzledown, we could all go there. That's one place that you think of. You also know of a uh, an abandoned hunter's hut that is in the... I gotta look at the map to see which direction that's in. That is to the, like, due east, a little bit north, but mostly east of where you currently are. You kind of have a better bearing of your surroundings because you know where you are. The others were kind of rushing through the night, so they're not totally around. Um, and then the third place that you can think of is... Uh, there is a oh i just lost it one second 
Uh, oh yeah, there is a hermit that lives just north of where you are, a ways north, and uh, she probably isn't going to give you shelter, but she might assist you guys with, you know, provisions to an extent if you can, you know, offer something in return. Again, she's a hermit, so you know she's not going to give it for free, um, but maybe you could talk to her. So those are three locations in addition to the ranger's readout that you think of. Um, actually, no, there's a fourth one I I forgot about. There is a farm, an abandoned farm, very nearby to the... I believe that is to the southwest of your current location, closer towards Feindar. Um But it is an abandoned farm. There might be some, you know, some crops that are still there that have just not been tended to for a long time but maybe they've just persistently grown over the years or maybe there's something left in the farmhouse itself uh again that's probably not a good shelter because it's been a long time abandoned so it's probably mostly dilapidated but there might be something useful there to find so you have a total of five locations that you can think about investigating sure um can you Tell me how how well does he think the the group would be received at each of those different locations, or how they would serve him best? The people in Gristle Down or the Hunter's Lodge? Yeah, so the Hunter's Lodge, you would know, it would be kind of similar to what uh, Auburn said about the uh, Ranger readout. It could maybe uh, house the people that you have with you, but it would be a tight fit. Um, that's it. I mean, it's going to be bigger than the Ranger readout. It's like an actual, like, like a kind of a house. Right. It's like it's like a house that a that a hunter would live in permanently, uh, but it's been abandoned uh, for a while now, and you know that just because you can see it every time you pass by that area. You can see in the distance there's a. It just keeps getting you know more and more run down as the years go by. Um, the uh, Gristledown would probably be your best bet. It's also probably the furthest option away that would require the most travel um and you don't know you know what they've told you about things that have happened you don't know what uh new dangers might be in the way if you head there um because you've been in this area yes but it seems that very recently some some bad things have happened you don't know if maybe uh, there are things patrolling, so you you might think maybe we should go with a small group, just make sure that there's a good path, and then maybe we could all go together. Um, but yeah, that's the furthest option, probably. The farm is the nearest one, um, but again, that would mostly be just for supplies. It's not much of a shelter. And then the second nearest one would have been uh, the hermit, but again, not so much supplies, more of just a shelter. So we've got a farm to check out, We've got the Hermit to check out. We've got Gristledown. Um, we've got the uh, Rangers Relay, it was called. Readout. Readout. Okay. And then there was one more. It was... What was the last one? I wrote them all in the chat. Uh, Ranger Readout, Abandoned Farm, Gristledown, Hunter's Lodge, and the Hermit's Shack. So hearing this, like... I'm just nervous about places like the farm because I feel like that would be like if the hobgoblins like spread out and start like moving. I don't know if they would go into the Fangwood or not, but like 
I think it would be better to avoid any place that might draw attention. And I don't know if, like, a farm with crops would be a place that they would, like, try to go after. I'm not sure. Because I'm sure... Down is far away, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a couple of miles. I can try to eyeball it here, but it's maybe 15, 15 or so miles away. Yeah. And the others are all closer? The farm is probably within five or so miles. The hermit is similarly distanced, but because of how hex maps work, it's technically farther. Um, the ranger readout that Auburn is telling you about is almost as far away as Gristledown in the opposite direction. What she's been telling you, because that's to the southeast and Gristledown is to the northwest. And then the the shack, the hunter's shack that you know about is deeper into the Fangwood. Uh, also kind of in the opposite direction of Gristledown. Where would they normally go when they retreat to the Fangwood? They would normally just set up a, uh, a, a they would find some random shelter, either a cave or anything like that in the Fangwood and, and wait out. But the thing is, is that normally speaking, there'd be a lot more people. So you, they could maintain a more, you know, structured camp. But with the number of people that you have with you, that's not really possible. You don't have numbers that are so big that, you know, the local wildlife is going to like be scared off. Um, there's too few of you for that sort of a tactic. Um, and yeah, like uh, like I was saying earlier, is that the terrain in the Fangwood can sometimes shift seasonally. So they never go to the same spot. They always just kind of try to find a suitable place. And generally, they don't have to stay there that long. But the thing is that this attack happened nearing the end of winter. So you guys are kind of looking to wait almost a full year before you can maybe have the Hobgoblins just be like, oh, it's too cold out and leave you don't know if they'll do that. They're not the usual right. raiders. So this is kind of a new situation. They're not sure what to do. And he'll he'll say, he'll be like, I, uh, I know of some places, but I never stay in one place long. You would know, Aubrey, and you talk to me well. Uh, and he'll go through each of the options that he knows of that he's been to recently. I imagine you would like to be far from Feindar. Auburn kind of responds and she says, Well, eventually, yeah, I think that would be best. I don't know how quickly they're going to secure the town and start sending patrols into the forest. I'm sure they'll do that eventually. I don't know if maybe we want to try to take a, take our chances, maybe see if we can find anything closer to Feindar before they start coming in. I don't know, if we wait too long, maybe going in that direction would be too dangerous, but I don't know. I mean, they did take the town. They probably have a lot of people there still. It's probably going to take them time before they can start chasing after us. So I don't know, maybe if, if we want to risk going closer there and check out some of the spots. I don't know. It's, I'll leave that yes. decision up to you guys. You guys would be the ones... I mean, uh, we wouldn't have the, the whole group of us just searching around, so I'd leave that up to you guys if you want to take your shot and maybe maybe take today looking in that direction and hopefully they won't be th on your tail yet. I think if we scout around that would be pretty good. And he'll look to his <laughs> newfound group of companions. 
Yeah, they seem pretty good. Trust me, Aiden, they won't be slowing you down. <laughs> Except uh, for maybe the dwarf over there. But you never know. He's quite a speedy fellow. I'll uh, look to Orin and give him a smile that's just kind of irritating, though. <laughs> <sighs> Let's see here. Uh, you all just pick one of the four that aren't towards the um, the abandoned farm? Well, so, like, I know Nayari said that, like, the farm wouldn't be, like, a good option to take the whole group, but, like, as far as, like, maybe at least getting supplies and food in the meantime, like, it might not be bad to try to get there first. That way, if the hobgoblins do go there, they're not going to find much. We can get whatever would be there, maybe, um, and scope it out. And maybe because it is a little bit closer to Feindar, maybe we could scout and get a little, like, a better readout on what's going on in Feindar. I don't know how close it is, but... So, so we're doing stuff, can we organize the NPCs to do stuff while we're away? Absolutely, yeah. So while you four are exploring the hex map, um, <laughs> while you guys are doing that, you can kind of direct NPCs, kind of like, imagine like leaving orders and then like putting Auburn in charge and then she'll carry out whatever orders you guys want. So you can do both. You don't have to have people in the camp in order to direct the, the NPCs okay. there, so... Yeah, you can you can <laughs> do their tasks and then go out and adventure and explore on your own. I probably should have many okay. of them start hunting. Yeah, mm -hmm. so fishing. I, I was gonna say we should have half of the survivors start foraging for food, and then maybe another few building more shelters, and then maybe one or two to to try and find livestock. Okay. That's yeah, and uh, reasonable plan. Yep, and just so you know, uh, you have all the skills listed there. So, um, in order to in order to forage or hunt, they would be using survival. No, wait, no, wait, please is, don't. Is please. Nyari a, a, a druid now with a cat companion? Right. Apparently, I've got two of them. A, They've been circling my laptop. You do see so. a number of wildlife that, as this conversation is going, they're just kind of crawling all over her face. <laughs> I don't know um, what I don't know what's happening. Yeah, but uh, I had like no I... idea you were so good with animals. <laughs> <laughs> Just not turtles. <laughs> Quickly <Yeah>. makes note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to direct people to um, s like build uh, temporary shelters and tents until you guys find a more permanent location, that's a craft or survival check. Um, Where's the list the... of what type of people we have of survivors we have? Like, I don't have that's a separate. Yeah, so if you, journal, if you go under the um, try the one I just put in the chat. tab, there's a there's a handout for NPC tracker, and that will okay. that will give you all that information. So you have a good number of commoners oh. and warriors, and you have like one adept, one aristocrat, and then all the named NPCs. So you have a lot of people who could go out and try to use like handle animal to get some animals, some livestock. You have a good number of people with survival to uh, try to forage or hunt for food. And you have a couple people with craft who could try to set up tents. So you can uh, implement all of those as you see fit. Um, the DCs are listed under each action. 
Uh, most of them are like DC 10, and then for every little bit that you exceed, you get additional bonuses. You can have the NPCs take 10 on these checks, or you can roll for it and hope that they roll really high and get a, a really big bonus. Um, if the skill is listed as one of their class skills, they get a plus four bonus to it. If it is not, they get a minus two. So if you try to get them to do something that they don't have a skill in, then even taking 10, they're not going to meet the DC. You'd have to make them roll on it. You could maybe have them try to aid, but they'd still have to roll on it to hit a 10 because a minus two won't let them get there. But uh, with a plus four, most of them, you can just say, this person takes 10 on the forage, so they get two provision points, maybe, because the DC is 10, and if you exceed it by two, you get another one or something like that. So you can think about how you want to go about doing that. I can tell you what I think about. I wish I was Elwood. (laughs) (laughs) So am I understanding this correctly, that even though La Rosa and Tidal seemed to be like rangery type like technically they can't do any sort of survival or scouting or anything because they're warriors so they don't have that skill technically speaking the yes that is correct they are listed as warriors okay and for some reason warriors only get handle animal interesting wasn't my decision i'm (laughs) just typing up what's in the book except that you're the dm and you could have decided otherwise gm fiat (laughs) decided against doing that so All at right. the end of the day, it was your choice. <laughs> it was my choice, aided by the people who wrote the book. Okay, so I think like I think our group should actually go away from the camp and try to like check out some of these areas. And in the meantime, I think like some people should I'm just trying to figure out who can do what. I'm working. I'm working on that right now. Are you okay? Yeah. Oren's got his journal out and he's kind of marking down names. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's got that hammer and tong out and he is making (laughs) names. He's like you. You. What's your name? What are you good at? Go over there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like this paper and I'm working on it. (laughs) I like that Oren's kind of, in a clerical sense, taking (laughs) charge of the duties. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That was. Oh dear. Edips are, are just useless, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> like beyond just fighting, they're useless. Or healing people, they don't have a purpose. Spellcraft uh, is uh, really important since, I don't know, no one in the party can do it for no what? reason. <laughs> what am hey, I going to set the well, well, spellcraft well, like three While we're on spe- that arcane topic. Spellcasters? <laughs> can, not arcane, but... Can Nayari look at that potion that we got that we weren't able to tell what it was and oh, I also try to tell also, what that was yeah can I request that luck roll oh or, yeah I forgot about that I didn't I just it didn't yes. seem appropriate to bring it up earlier so Josh had brought up the idea that maybe uh, Elwood would have thrown that necklace that you didn't identify to uh, Oren as he ran away realizing that he wouldn't be making any use of it um, and I said, well, you didn't say that, um, but hmm. it does make sense. So I'm like, well, I'll leave it up to a roll. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say that there's a 50-50 chance that he had the presence of mind to do that. So I'm going to have Josh roll it. He's going to roll a D100 if the result is a 1 to a 50 Orin has the necklace. If it is a 51 to a 100... Elwood had it, and it is not with you any longer. 
technically he got revived. Well, no, actually the mass damage rules. Once no, yeah, you, you you died before <laughs> that kicked in. That's crazy. You 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 did you did so much over damage that even with a moderate heal, <laughs> I just flat out died. Yep. Yep. That's nasty. Essentially beheading. There's no so go, ahead yeah. roll, go ahead and roll that D100, Josh. Oh. There we are. Nice. One to fifty. So, Oren, you have the necklace on you. So, yeah, any of you who want to, you can try to reattempt spellcraft on the items you didn't identify because it has been a day. This I have a rank now. My first time too. Yeah. yeah. I have a rank. Rank some spellcraft. Look at you two being able to do something. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> 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 we both put ranks in it. And Man. Ten. Okay, and so if I yell at one of the adepts to get over here, and we yeah. all crowd around and look at this necklace. What's to this figure potion? Out what it is. And then the potion, the potion too. Okay, so <laughs> what I'll say happens is we'll just say that uh, Orin and Nayari were aiding Theros, and you get all yeah. the other adepts yeah. in the camp to also aid. So <laughs> yeah. Everybody is just huddled around this. So are we identifying the potion or the necklace? What are we identifying here first? The potion. Okay. Everybody is huddled around this vial. Just like Oren's holding it in his hand. There's like ten people circled around it. They're all like hands to chin. Like the embarrassing part. Watch Vane just know what it, or Jin just know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So you guys spend like a couple minutes looking it over, and uh, Theros eventually comes to a conclusion, and uh, it is a potion of invisibility. Oh my gosh, Whoa. that would have been helpful. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> as you as you say that, Theros, Jin is over there chuckling because he did know all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jin, I knew you knew. I didn't know. Like, like uh, Aiden didn't know. Josh Allen knew. So invisibility is third level. So is that uh, the uh, spell is, or I guess potion have a different level. second yes. level spell, right? Second level spell. So, so it's an expensive a item. Third level spellcaster. Yeah. So, so it is a three minute duration invisibility potion. And it is two times three, six times fifty. Oh yeah, it's uh three hundred? Yes. Okay. That is that is accurate. Oh. Do you want to roll another spellcraft on the necklace? Which you oh, technically yes. already know, but in character you don't yeah. 100%. One moment. Hey, good rule that time. No Alright, I'm gonna aid. <laughs> I do not aid. Okay. We're good. I'm pretty sure I got it on my roll. What are you good for? An eight. Mm-hmm. What are you good <laughs> okay. for? A six. Still not good as spell. Yeah, so, so this time everybody's huddled around this necklace and uh, some of you guys are just like, nope, uh, not even gonna try it. I don't know what that is. And uh, Oren, though, you are able to uh, figure it out this time. The DC, I believe, for these sorts of things is 15 plus the caster level. So it's definitely not a sixth level caster level item. And you do identify it as an Aegis of Recovery. So you now officially know its uses. You know that if you're wearing it, when you go down, it'll cast basically Cure Moderate Wounds on you. You know that if you're wearing it and you're under a persistent effect, like Hold Person or something, you get a like a, a bonus to your save every round to try to get out of that persistent effect. I think it also works on maybe poisons and disease. I don't know if it works on mundane stuff or if it's only magical effects. 
But you can look up an Aegis of Recovery. I can type it in here. Yeah, I... Mark. He uh, turns and looks at Nayari and is just like, Lassie, take this! And throws it at her. <laughs> oh, now you want to give me a special magic item? Maybe it'll keep you off the ground during a fight. So you get to decide <laughs> what I can and can't keep now? Indeed. <laughs> when did she become a feminist? This is great. <laughs> <laughs> You she'll get like, to decide what I wear? Is that what you're telling me right now? So she'll, really? she'll take it and she kind of like scoffs, but then like she, she'll she like go behind a tree later and like kind of put it on and like tuck it in <laughs> so that nobody can see it. She's like trying to be all like tough. Like, oh it. yeah, I don't need this. I'm, I don't need this magic <laughs> item. And then she's like... <laughs> this isn't even uh, necessary. No, I feel like the bear should take it. Uh. Well, he only got knocked out the one time <laughs> in, the, in, the shock, in the shack. Yeah, um, but he's the one that's doing all of our damage. <laughs> Nobody you know, else can hit. If I just, if I recall, uh, tavern, uh, it's a temple, almost at the bridge. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> just like my rogue. <laughs> Not much uh, has changed. <laughs> so, so, yeah, no, so you guys, it I, crumbles to dust after its secondary use. To bring you back. Yep. Oh. Yep. The healing is a one-time use. And then it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. It's not a. It's not a terribly expensive item. Um, okay. Does Orin feel any remorse for the fact that you know it was on Elwood and now it's not, and maybe it might have saved him? Wouldn't have saved um, him though. That is up Elwood. to you. I think you would probably yeah. you would probably know that it one hundred percent wouldn't have like actually saved him. Like he's totally was going to die no matter what um because he stayed behind so it would have maybe last helped him last longer maybe at, at best that's true it might have done that or <laughs> so uh well i don't have guys... it so yeah. <laughs> i don't feel bad at all <laughs> well um... you guys have to identify or is that just those two things? Uh, really? I think it was just those two okay. things. Because we got all of those alchemical supplies, which I'm assuming that Jin could just tell us what they are. Cause, yeah. Because you just re- you read them off. So Yeah, and if you guys want, uh, we can put the NPC management side of this for, like, an out-of-game. Like, if you guys want to just have your characters yeah. Yeah. look at it, and yeah. after this session, we can all discuss, like, what you want every single NPC to do rather than taking up time. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, that. instead of session time, let's let's set, like, a like a due date. Your orders are due by then, and this is what the NPCs were doing kind of thing. I like that, yeah. Yep. Okay. So maybe... Homework. Yeah, homework in the classical sense. Um, we'll figure out a day that works good so you still have time to take those orders and figure out what happens, and then... By that next session, you'll we can be like this is was accomplished, this wasn't, and it could just be a side game that we do. It's great. Okay, so what is going to be your uh, order of exploration then? Well, real quick, I want one last role play moment. Sure, sure. Uh, while they're doing all of that, he's uh, Aiden's going to go and like talk to Auburn the Green, you know, because. Just really all he has left. And he's going to be like, so, Aubryn, when is the next group coming? Aiden, I... I know this is a bit hard to process, but 
As far as I know, there are no other groups. What you see here, the 30 or so of us that made it out, we're the only ones. It was... It was a swift assault unlike we have ever seen before, and we're lucky that we made it out at all. That that doesn't... That doesn't make any sense. Why, why would you lie to me like that? Aiden, I know you're angry. Perhaps what you need to do is you need to take the others and go look at Feindar for yourself. You might have chance. You might have a chance today. Get to the edge of the forest and just look at it, and then I think you'll understand as soon as you see for your for yourself. Fine. I will do that. This is a cruel joke. And uh, he'll join up with the rest of the group. Okay. Nary looks at her stealth and says, I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be an easy sell to get the three of us to walk back to Fandar. <laughs> Didn't work out so well in the shack. <laughs> yeah, could be a hard well, sell. Well, you do know that it is 300 feet between the edge of the forest and the bridge. Right. So, so he could see, in theory, from the edge of the forest yeah. and look, look to the town. You wouldn't have to actually approach the town. Maybe we Correct. could go destroy the bridge now. That's an option. That's that you guys not could, an option. You guys could try to make a mad dash back to the bridge. Maybe they haven't set up a, a very strong guard yet. It's only, I mean, they've only had one night to establish themselves. That's definitely an option that you guys can consider. Yeah. I know you were joking, but we have kind of a bit of a sandbox, guys. Are you are you ready to take control of the narrative? Oh my gosh! Yeah, at this point, at this point, I'm going to stop talking, and once you guys decide what to do, you can just let me know, and I'll just sit back and I'll listen to what you guys are saying. So much power. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Aiden will walk over, and, and he'll be like. I should like to see Feindar for myself. You do not need to accompany for me for that. But perhaps we could see the farm on the way, and you could grab yourself some supplies. Well, I don't have any better options than that, so... I think if everyone else is okay, then... We can take one last look at Feindar and then... Leave... I do not think it wise, my friend, to venture anywhere near that place again, but if you must to find some kind of closure, I will join you. You've always been kind, Theros. And you, Dwarf, what's your name? Orin. Well then, Orin, and the rest of you, it is a pleasure to be meeting. I think these are weird circumstances. Okay. Well, when we first met, it was a rather weird incident ourselves. Almost mistaking <laughs> Volus for your quarry. <laughs> yes, I apologize still. It, it, this is nothing. He, he would not have fallen to a mere arrow. Well, I don't know. I'm pretty good with a bow. You're not that good. Have you seen he's this? Really <laughs> <laughs> he's really not. He's not. He's not that good at all. Actually, just as a, <laughs> mechanically speaking, not good. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that that is the direction we'll go. What's the plan? I apologize. I I missed it. What's the plan? 
So we're going to go just so this new guy can just see Feindar because he doesn't believe anybody that it's gone. And then we're going to check that out the so farm. <laughs> <They're> like, 30, <laughs> 30 people just hanging out in a forest, all but beraggled, no supplies. But no, we're making it up. We're yeah. making it up. It didn't Trust happen. Me. Yeah. Didn't happen. We all look like a haunted ghost face of what <laughs> just happened. We spent nine hours fighting for our lives, and you can very much see it in our faces. But this guy, this punchable face guy, is just like. Did you know? Did it happen though? With those giant ears of yours. <laughs> yeah. Right. Theros <laughs> was thinking on the inside, but he didn't actually say. What did you say? What did you say? Said, did you not hear anything with those giant ears of yours? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, this is great. We're going to get along so fine. I think I think I'll replace Elwood on the team. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Think again, and, little kid. I was going to say, me and Nari will finally bond over a mutual hatred <laughs> of you. See, whose turn is it to punch him in the face today? Right, right. <laughs> With pleasure. Hatred is what knits us together. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shall we be off then? I think he... Uh, I'm going to leave my horse and his supplies, I believe. Let me make sure that it's Are safe. you sure? You know, maybe I could use the horse since there's a very racist rule in this particular AP whereby my little legs apparently can't keep up with everybody else. <laughs> Well, even if you move faster, uh, Aiden would still slow you down because of his armor. So I just, I just picture you like power walking, like not actually running, just like power walking through the forest. To be fair, we are natural sprinters. Two horses, and although my horse is capable of uh, offering a ride to someone, he he is a pack horse technically. So. <clears throat> A porter horse, as I have decided to name them, because that's cooler and less realistic. Faster but. than my little baby legs. <laughs> so as you guys are deciding where to go, um, basically how movement's going to work is from whatever tile you're currently on, you can just tell me a direction. So like the way that these tiles are kind of set up, it's going to be like north east or northwest or just straight east, straight west or south north south east southwest type of a thing. Just so I know which of the six directions from the tile you're going. And uh, you guys know that the farm is to the south west. This is Feindar here, and this is the bridge. Yeah. That's it's to the here. southwest. You don't know exactly what tile it is on, but you know it's to the southwest. I do not advise that we go by way of the bridge. I say we either... I say we head straight south and then cut over east and then head back west. I mean, west and then east. West and then east? Yes. So, like, south to get south of the bridge and then cut over below the bridge. Because I don't want to stand at the forest edge, like, right where the bridge is across. Does here? that make sense? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be here because, like, if they're going to be moving, they might have congregated on the other side of the bridge right here. So I'm saying, like, if you want to see Feindar, like, maybe come down here and see it from this vantage point rather than like dead on here. Okay. Do we get a sense? Uh, we know that it's in the southwest. I'm imagining it's somewhere in this region that is this farm? Or how close uh, to Feindar is it? 
As far as Aiden is concerned, that is a pretty good guess. Right about there. Um, and he'll he'll just be like, um, the shortest distance between two places is a straight line. So why not do that? One second, let me just make sure that Aiden's intelligence is high enough for him to know that. <clears throat> <laughs> My Ari's is not. It's not. <laughs> it's not negative. It's yeah, it's no, a... I'm just joking. You're fine. <laughs> Do I not understand geometry? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Listen, I know you don't believe us that Vandar has fallen, but I saw it with my own eyes and I experienced it. And if we are not very careful, we'll have a horde of 20-plus hobgoblins on our tail. We need okay. to take this slowly and carefully if we're going to do it at all. Okay, I understand. We will do it your way. I'm not saying that we should do it my way. I'm just saying we need to be very careful. We're not exactly the quietest bunch, and the woods are thick and difficult to traverse. Don't worry. I I can... We can... It will be okay. Um, I do not share your optimism, but do not lose that. And he'll smile and uh, will lead the troop as he navigates them through the woods. And occasionally we'll be like, ah, be careful. Don't step there. Watch out for that. Oh, be quiet. Blah, blah, blah. As they're walking down. Okay. So everybody roll a, what did I say it was? Survival check to see how far you can move? Yes. So you can all aid one person or roll individually if you want. I have a lot of survival. Like nine. Do you really? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. I only I only have a four, so I'll try to aid. I'll try to aid Orin. Orin, yeah. Orin of all people is the one with the highest survival. Wow! I will what also. Is this? Is he was an orphan. Definitely learn to fend for himself. Aid. Oh, and half my level to track. I'm not sure that's in there or not. It is. Not. I. Don't add one to that. To that. So everybody does aid. So Oren's total check comes out to a 26, which is enough to meet the uh, eight hex requirement. Um, so with this being forest train, you can move four of these forest hexes. This way, this way, this way, this way. We'll head south. Okay. So you're going... Oh, Here? See. Okay. Here, this yep. edge? Yep. We can go one at a time, so... Mm-hmm. This edge, this edge. Okay. And I, I, I had guessed it's southwest, like kind of pretty much there. Um, but I know that they want to go more south, so we'll, we'll continue that. I know that hex exploration, you're going to ge- veer to the left or the right, but really mm-hmm. it's kind of like we're going down a straight line here. If you once, can... once you get to that hex, you know that you're, you've pretty much gone as far south as you need to to meet the farm. So in order to get to the farm on this trip, you'd have to start heading due west. To here or down to here? You don't need to go any further south. You would know that. With so, the yeah. survival rolls that you all did and Aiden's knowledge of the area, you know that you you don't need to go any further south to hit the, to... the farm unless you wanted to take a round trip and hit it like the next day. Is there a way to change my ring color? Because otherwise nobody can see my ping <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> There it is. Yeah. Um, Legit though, uh, how do you ping? I don't even remember. You just hold down. On the sidebar, if the you map? go to the icon with the brush and then change that first color icon to something else, I believe that will 
Oh, is that what does it? it? So you're also you can change your color on your uh, thingamajiggy too if you want. Nope, your, that didn't do it. Oh wait, no, that just draws a down, shape. Down, down, down on the bottom it. of this screen, in the bottom left where your video is, is a color changer. Oh, I tried clicking that the first time and it didn't work. Yeah, that's how you do it. Uh, wait, how? Down in the bottom left in the bottom right corner of your video is a little color wheel. Oh, that you there can... it is. Yeah. I can group oh. everything now. Fireworks. I will, wow. change, I will change mine to bright red because I am the enemy. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm still drawing, Jason. Get rid of oh, those. My goodness. <laughs> it's frustration. <laughs> it's evident. Okay. Um... So what's the next hex that you're going to? Here. Okay. Yep. That is. So this is your third. This I'm drawing. I'm drawing, aren't I? Yes. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see the drawing. Okay. Well, I'll. Well, he's figuring that out. This is random. Have any of you played the indie game uh, Firewatch? I have not, no. but I've heard it's good. Surprisingly so. Me and my buddies were chilling on Discord last night, and one of them was just streaming while he was playing, and I stopped the game I was playing to watch, and I was like, man, that was not a bad choice. <laughs> it was very fun. Okay, yeah, so you have one more hex. <laughs> All this woodland exploration. Hmm. Yeah, yep, it did. Okay. We're going there. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, if you think more due west to get to where we're trying to go. <gasps> we found... <laughs> You've got him on edge, Jason. The poverty-stricken dwarf knows where he's going. As you guys, the food. <laughs> as you guys start heading west, there, uh, Iden, you know that you know you're getting very close, and eventually you do kind of come to a little bit of a break in the trees, and there is a small farm that you see. And uh, let me just uh, let me just uh, find out which map that is. I've got like oh, twelve maps. Oh no, not a map. We don't have to roll initiative. Until he says roll initiative, we're good. I didn't say have a map. I said this on the way last night. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of path did we take that we didn't pass by? You guys were making a mad dash. You have no. (laughs) I guess we ran us into the field without noticing. We would have only only two of you could see in the dark. So (laughs) maybe Orin and Kining did see it, and they just didn't say anything to the others who had no clue where they were going. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Maybe something like that. (laughs) So you guys. Come up to a farm here. Let me just start revealing the farm. Ooh. I am not going to lie. I thought this was a body. In hindsight, <laughs> maybe I should have kept my horse with me because he could have pulled the cart. I didn't think of that. With all those that. pumpkins. Yeah. Okay. I forgot that we were going to get supplies, but I'm not sure he would have that thought. There's pigs. Yeah, so you guys can yeah. place yourselves somewhere on this road here at the bottom. Down here? And. Yep, if you're not sure how to do that, you can just draw, drag your uh, character Whoa. from the side to the screen. Whoa! <laughs> Sorry to mean to move you. Um, by the way, I was going to ask, could you add a graveyard to our journal? So I can move Erickson off of my control and Oh, I didn't understand where you're going with that. Yeah, no. Or even, what's the lawful good place? Is that heaven or Elysium? I think it's Elysium. That's not what I wanted to do. Uh, lawful good, I think, is heaven. Is heaven? It is heaven. 
So if I, I had to make a guess, I think, it'll be, guess I think, I think that's it'll where Iomade is anyway, isn't it? Isn't her realm called Heaven? Yeah. Let me just move Erickson up there. Okay. Deceased characters. Sounds so callous. That, that sounds a little. Yeah, it is heaven. <laughs> Would you like it's me so to change Jason, it? Though. Would you like me to change it to to graveyard? No. The boneyard is where he's now. Well, actually, he's not even there. He's on the river of souls, and even that, he's probably not. Depending if he's at all tethered to this realm, who knows where he actually is in the afterlife? But he's en route to heaven. So <laughs> okay. So you guys approach this farm. What do you do? You see that there are a couple of small fields here. Uh, there looks like there's animals over there, but I don't think there are actually animals <laughs> over there. You don't know. Maybe there are. I mean, I do actually know. Can, can I roll a perception check to see if there's any Absolutely. here or see any threats nearby? Absolutely. Roll your perception check. Mm, not great. May I as well? Yeah, everybody can. Four. Oh my gosh. I need to stop rolling after people because I'm just going to roll the same thing. Forget I know things about these stone walls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know that they are in great disrepair. <laughs> okay, so you guys are all looking around, perceiving. Um, you don't see anything out of the ordinary you don't hear anything out of the ordinary you see basically a an abandoned farm it's got like a tumble down chimney and over it's overgrown with like apple trees and and all and other uh foliage it's very much been abandoned for a long time we don't see vegetation or do we like plant like uh, you plants? do see vegetation yeah like it's it's getting overgrown because nobody's yeah. here to like push anything back I make my way towards the, the house. I don't okay. take vegetables. <laughs> I don't Nyaria do will... vegetables. Yeah, Nyaria will basically like come up behind just and say we you know we can make secure the area first and ah! then <laughs> scared the Okay. Scared me. So <laughs> as so as you guys get to this point oh, between geez. the two Jesus Jesus Crow, James, haven't we suffered enough? Can't you get to there? JK and Becky. from here out. <laughs> so, as you get to this area, basically, you start to hear something coming from this field over here. Draw my great you, sword. You didn't hear it from before. It's a scarecrow. But you hear. Well, it's Mom, much worse than a scarecrow. Oh, oh my gosh. Man. You it's hear a beast? A buzzing noise. Oh, is a swarm? swarm? I'm not equipped for a swarm. And as oh my you gosh. look over there, you see a mass of bees and wasps oh my flying God. into the air. <laughs> and let me just find that uh, token here for you guys because oh it's gonna be. Gosh. It's gonna can be. I, it's gonna be good. Can I meta game for two seconds? Uh, depends. Okay. <laughs> You can say what you want to metagame, and I will decide whether I'll allow it. I want to ask the party members if they have particular items in their inventories. <laughs> the answer is no. Darn. This is going to be really bad. Well, I will say that... That's like that my worst nightmare. I, I couldn't remember if any had survived or not, or if they were lost to Elwood. Um, Alchemist Fire is on Theros. 
I I did actually look at your inventory to see if that was there. <laughs> yeah. So splash I mean, weapons yeah. good. No, no, against no. Forms. He, he can he can roll a knowledge check. I just wasn't sure if we could even win this fight at all. So yeah. They're new players, so let them I'm know. getting flashbacks to Jason's one shot tournament thing that he did with swarms uh, where like none of us could do anything against it. Can you believe that none of us <laughs> We were we were sixth level and all of us had forgotten to carry splash weapons? What? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so everybody roll initiative. Uh, Get to initiative. Uh, excuse me. Why? Why is it always <laughs> under five with my this... initiative? I've never gotten a good initiative roll, not once. This is the first roll of the campaign for Aiden. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope for hope for a fifteen or higher. No. <laughs> Yay! Ho- hopefully, you first anything, and then it would have been fine. Ho- hopefully, this will not be indicative. Just don't oh. call out your rolls from now on. <laughs> oh, I still will. Nothing like setting yourself up for disappointment. <laughs> Else, what's life? <laughs> what's living? Okay, so going first is the swarm. Oh my oh, god! No. Oh my god! This no. is so bad. It's really not going to be great. <laughs> it's, re- it's actually surprisingly oh bad. So, do you want to explain swarm rules to them? I will in two seconds. Yeah, it won't yeah, take it long won't. for us to discover what swarms can do. Like, literally yeah. one turn. Oh, so that tabacks what's behind you guys. Oh my god. So here's what happens. So, for those of you who don't know, this is a diminutive swarm, which means it is immune to all weapon damage, but it takes half again as much damage, so 50% extra damage from AOE effects, so alchemist fire. Uh, if you have burning hands, which none of you have, I don't believe, um, anything that hits an area will deal a lot of damage to these things. Um, anything that targets a single creature is just not going to work. So that is why they're immune to weapon damage, basically. And they do not make attack rolls. They move onto your square and just deal passive damage as long as you are on there. So this swarm flies onto this grouping of three people, and each of you are going to take four points of damage. Oh my just wait, guys. Just wait. And I need all of you to make a fortitude save. There it is. Oh, Who nice. knew that was coming? Word. Oh no! <laughs> there we go! Way to go! Okay, so with a DC 13. No, Orin! Did you get your domain protection bonus I'm added in? I'm pretty sure that's added in. Hang on. Yeah, it is. It's already added in. Um, uh, let me just look at Orin's sheet real quick to make sure I understand how certain things work. I mean, that's concerning. Okay. So, Orin, you have a racial trait as a dwarf called Hardy, which gives you a plus two racial bonus against saving throws against poison spells and spell-like abilities. This is a poison. So, with that plus two bonus, you actually succeed Ah. the DC 13. Just me! (laughs) Nyarpy. 
Nayari, you are stung by dozens of bees and their little poisonous poison. Uh, you take one point of dexterity damage. Do I and, just uh, manually move my score down? Or temp? Temp? You can do temp if you want. I think that works. Oh, dear. That, nope. Temp means minus one. There you go. Okay. So you take one point of dexterity damage. And that is the swarm's turn. Is that a continuing effect? Yeah, uh, no, that, that the, will the go away. She will, she will roll on that poison every turn. If she takes additional dose, additional doses of poison while she's already poisoned, it gets much worse. At so first, I thought Agus of Recovery, which should give her plus two against that, right? Oh. Oh. oh! Plus two resistance bonus and all saving throws made to recover from a continuing effect such as ongoing poison what? damage. Yes. Okay. So again. <laughs> yeah. She's too busy dying from bee stings to care. Well, okay. unfortunately, thought... it won't take on the first round. It didn't make right. a difference anyway. Yeah. Okay. It might help later. Right. Next up, it is Theros and Volus. And I believe Theros is the one with the alchemist fire, but he, he's also all of his allies are right where he needs to. All right, it. guys, this is gonna hurt. No, I'm <laughs> yeah, right. Do it. <laughs> oh, gee, man, I don't even know what I can do against that. Can't very well. How much would alchemist fire hurt them? So they would get hit by the splash damage, which means they would take one point of fire damage. However, I will let you know. So one option that you have is that you could hold your turn. So you can voluntarily not go, let all of them go, and then take your turn. For the rest of the combat, you'll go in that initiative order. But if you want, you can just lower your initiative, basically. Hold you, your turn until they go. You also look here, you will be within range of the first range increment of a thrown weapon uh, once you take a five-foot step. So... What he said is all true. So I could take a five foot step here and then hold. Just wait your whole yeah, just wait your whole turn instead. Just okay. don't do anything. Yeah. But if you want to do that, you can do that. Or you can just throw it while they're there. That's fine. Uh, you could also move and ready in action. If he knows for sure he wants to go after we all leave, because they already acted in the initiative order, so you're not gonna get interrupted. Yeah, I'll ready um, an al alchemist fire and just uh, and, and hold my turn. Okay. okay. So, Nayari, you are next as Theros is holding his turn. Turns out Nayari says, I will never run away again. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. She's actually going to run away. <laughs> like, She's gonna... You have like a paladin with the code that you'll never turn your back on a creature. It's like, yeah, no, right, do no. It. no. Um... Do, 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 do. Yeah, she's gonna get out of dodge. Because she's basically on fire. Um, and then uh, I don't think I don't know if she would know this. I as a player am not convinced magic missile works against swarms. Because I think that targets a single creature. Yeah. So there's literally nothing I can do. Literally. Because you'll just have to look around and use your environment. 
So yeah, I Don't will. Tell me how to role play my character, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let me just tell you what Nayari does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess I'll just. Can I look around to see if there's anything around me that would be effective? Is there any like bee spray lying yes. on the ground? Looking around, uh, you do not see anything out here. Okay. You don't know if maybe there's something useful inside of the farm. You yeah, you're know. just pushing me to go that direction, aren't you? I'm sure I'm you just, are. I am just letting you know what your <laughs> options are. All right. Well, that will be my turn for now. Is just actually, I'm gonna double move to get even further back. Okay. Next up, it is Aiden. 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 Uh, uh, Aiden in English, but it's more of an Aiden. Aiden. Okay. The, the, the A is drawn out, but I haven't been pronouncing it right because still working on the voice. Okay, um, so it is your turn. What do you want to do? 20 feet of movement for myself, right? In my current armor. That is correct. And I said that I had uh, my greatsword out, but I lied. I meant my bow. Um, doesn't matter because he's not going to shoot it. Um, and I want to also check my surroundings for anything immediately useful. Uh, he's used to the woods. Maybe he can find something resourceful and uh, turn the tables to his advantage. Okay. Again, with your perception checks from before, Again, there's the the whole form is kind of dilapidated and overgrown. Uh, you're not and, seeing anything. Like, are you looking for anything specific? What do you think you're looking for to try to use? Um, I didn't roll a check before. Oh, you didn't roll a perception check? Yeah, you can roll a perception check now if you nope. want. Yeah. So that didn't help. And no, just so you know, the DC to notice the swarm before it came out was twenty, and none of you. Hit that. None of us quite got nice. it. Um, and I um, am thinking, I think he's thinking he rather just not deal with it and maybe he can get them to go away or something like that. So for the remainder of my standard action, uh, he'll just be looking around for something sweet or fruit or something like that or I don't know, something to let them deal with it and then just leave. Okay. Uh, so I won't take anything else for the rest of my turn, and that's just a flavor action. So okay, because I, I built the nine. And then we have Orin, the last one still in the swarm. Yeah. So I'm gonna. What's my movement distance? It's Twenty me? feet. Yes. Hmm. Same as me. I am gonna charge over towards. Well, not charge, but run over to here. Okay. The door is ajar, so you can just like kick it open on. As you're charging inwards, okay, unimpeded, and yep. then it's, it's barely even attached. Yeah, it doesn't even really take any effort to open. A nice, all right. So, a channel negative energy would that affect a swarm since it's kind of like a can you channel negative energy? Can I channel negative? Energy? I don't. I I believe a cleric has to choose positive or negative at first level, and they can't. I think they're stuck with the one. And I think it I has think to a, be based a, on your deity. Yeah, your I think a alignment. good cleric has to channel positive. So okay, you can channel that's... positive to heal living or harm undead. I believe. I don't believe you can channel negative energy. 
Okay. Unless it says channel energy's ability. I, and if you have a neutral deity, you can pick, and there's ways that you can get both in the future. Let me check. Channel energy. No, Sorry, just, if you're neutral. Oh. Yeah. Uh, if you're neutral, you pick one, but you're stuck with the choice. Yeah. You There's a basically a feat in second edition that lets you get both called having a versatile font. You can get heal and harm spells, which are based on your cleric's deity. But it takes a heavy investment to be able to do that. Oh, okay. Because all I had was it said, regardless of alignment, any cleric can release a wave of energy by channeling the power of her faith through her holy symbol. Energy can be used to cause or heal damage depending on the type of energy channeled at the creature's Yes. Body. Yes. So if, it, if it was... Strictly un- positive, though, is what yeah. I am. If okay. it was undead, then you could channel positive energy to harm undead. It just means that every cleric has the ability to channel some type of energy, but it is based on your alignment or your deity's alignment. And at twenty, am I actually technically here? Yeah, you can be in there, and I can uh, I can reveal more of the uh, building here. Beautiful. Oh, lovely. <laughs> and um, guess a perception check. I just look around. Sure. Roll a perception check. <laughs> See how much you can notice in a short period of time. Not much. It is a short period of time, after all. It is a short period of time. You do not immediately notice anything particularly useful in here, unfortunately. Maybe with stone cunning, he recognizes there's a cellar? Um, there is no cellar in this farm, just so you know. Okay. I know that it might look like that's a cellar over there. I'm pretty I was sure. Saying, are those stairs up or stairs down? I down. Gotta look at them. Uh, you don't have to invent a cellar for us. If it yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That fine. Just yeah. pretend that the Those stairs are ornamental. As Orin runs into this building, he perceives only that there are ornamental stairs in the corner and quickly thinks to himself, I now understand why these farmers went out of business. They spent their money on ornamental stairs. <laughs> it's like, it's like the, there's a very clear ceiling and a very clear floor with no opening above or below. Right. It's a flight of right. stairs. Extremely <laughs> perplexed in this moment. Oh my god. Like some postmodern shelving unit. <laughs> okay, so... Sorry. Yeah, that is uh, that is uh, all that you see is the ornamental stairs. Uh, arrows. Yes. Everybody is now out of the way, and you ready to action to throw an alchemist fire. Yeah. Um, can I hit it from there? I believe you can. I think in I no think you're twenty feet. 30, so he's got to take a five foot. Oh, I have thirty because I have the bomb chuckers. Okay. It's a it's an item that increases the range increment by ten feet. Yep. So in that case, uh, with a five-foot step, you can make your attack. Uh, an alchemist fire goes against touch AC, but these things have the same touch AC as their normal AC. So. And unlike normal, you are actually... Well, swarms are weird. You're hitting that intersection, sort of, but not really. What do I think? So swarms are weird. Like Roll 1d20 one, one plus your base attack bonus plus your dexterity modifier. 
vials of oil have any extended effect on alchemist fire? Uh, they can they catch might. fire. Yeah, they can yeah. catch fire. It's in it's in the text of oil. If it's like basically, if it comes into contact, it can be thrown as a splashed weapon uh, that throws grease that also can be used uh, to catch on fire. Um, if lit, the oil burns for two rounds and deals 1d3 points of fire damage to each creature in the area. You can pour a pint of oil on the ground to cover a five-foot square, provided that the surface is smooth. Um, and I can't remember how, like the rules on lighting it, but reasonably speaking, you could hit it with an alchemist fire and it would catch fire. Yeah, so if one of you wants to throw an, an oil next turn, then the next alchemist fire would be able to... Oh. They're on him as well. Yeah. Well, I guess great. somebody's going to have to grab them from him or something. <laughs> um, then I guess uh, for this turn, I guess I'll throw one alchemist fire at the swarm. And um, okay. we'll have to work on oil, I think. I don't know how alchemist fire works in not an alchemist case. It's probably a move action to grab it, isn't it? Like well, I mean, he, yeah, he can just he can pull it out. He hold he held his turn, so he can just right move action, pull out, and then standard action throw it. Right. Oh. I'm just thinking the action economy for future turns. Yep. What did you say to roll again? One d twenty. One d twenty plus your base attack bonus and your dexterity modifier. Which for you, I can figure out while you're typing, uh, and just let you know. Like a one. Your dexterity modifier is a two, and your base attack bonus is a one, so plus three. All right, here we go. That is terrible. Oh my gosh! um, That almost could not. That yeah, that's almost the worst roll you could possibly get. Okay, (laughs) so. it does not hit the swarm, but it does deal splash damage regardless. And it'll hit that inner or any. Well, you have to roll for the intersection, I guess. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Okay. Because any intersection will only hit the swarm. Right. There's no point in bothering with it. And there is a die on the screen. Oh. Interesting. Sorry, I didn't realize that you can drag mm-hmm. dice from the chat, so I was messing around with that. So, My yeah, bad. so that does deal uh, some splash damage to the swarm. How can you drag dice? That's so cool, Sarah. I just picked up his two and I dragged it onto the map and it just put it there. Oh, yeah. So that is that is Theros's turn. Uh, do you have Volus do anything in particular? How do I get it? Can you clean it up for me? <laughs> <laughs> I think you can hit and like. Oh, Josh. Oh, you oh, can that's... hit delete. Yeah, just hit yeah. delete. I didn't see can you? Oh, anyway, um, Theros is going to tell Volus to uh, aid aid him. It's a hobgoblin trumpet or horn. Oh, the music, yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Don't say that. That's the last thing we need. (laughs) Okay, so we are back up to the wasp swarm here. And they just got hit by a little bit of fire damage they weren't too fond of. They're going to move over to here onto all three of these people. Yeah, I keep getting it. Need to spread out more. We do. That's how you deal with swarms, but... Wow! Uh-oh. That's not that, good. Was almost, that was almost max damage. 
That's 11 points of damage. Holy swarm! Batman? I was away. What's happening? I rolled a... I rolled rolled a 6 and a 5. On 2d6? Yeah. They do 2d6 damage? Yeah. This is a higher CR than a swarm of spiders. I'm sorry, are these these weaponized hornets? Like, have hobgoblins been... So, in a diminutive swarm that is flying, I think there are a certain number of thousands of them. So there's a lot of these. uh, A lot of these bees. Moogly. Oh, no. Uh, And I need the three of you there to roll for two saves. Yep. Um, does that include immunity to poison? If you're immune to poison, then you're fine. You just don't even roll. You just don't get poison. Josh, just a quick side question. Have you prepared a third character? Oh, no, sorry. I get uh, a plus two true no. bonus on fortitude <laughs> saving throws against disease just, or poison. Just curious. I had chosen poison due to my blight burn campaign treat. Okay. So, I was Is that built which into... One you chose. Yeah, is that built into your roll? No. Like into your modifier? We can just add two afterwards. It's hard to... It's You can't that's really true, add that's that situational. In. Holy crap, guys. You probably didn't need it then. <laughs> so two natural 20s. Uh, Volus also has to make one. Oh, oh come on, bear. <laughs> we just so got bad. you back. Listen, frankly, so I've already mourned for Volus, so <laughs> it's... Listen... She is a member of this family, and you are going to. I agree, oh. but I've already mourned, so. I... No, since he's coming oh, back, my. I really. Wow. 2019. 2019. Wow. Yeah, so, you're all good fine. there. <laughs> so that is the swarm's turn. Nayari, you're up. Uh. <laughs> Unfortunately, all of the useful information is being. Uh, items is being carried by one person. Great team play, guys. Yay, us. Typical of our behavior. Well, to be fair, Elid wasn't there. He he would have definitely redistributed things as they ought to have been. But my current character is not as tactically inclined. He's a bit of a more of a lone mm. ranger. Let's, <laughs> let's just see here. What are we gonna do? You could request aggro. Like, hey guys! Don't throw fight them. silver dust at them. Why it's... would I want aggro when I already am down one dex and literally any chance that you put a point into use magic device at all? I don't have that uh, as also, a skill. Roll a fortitude oh. save for me, real quick. Oh balls! <laughs> you get. A... But I get a plus get two. A plus <laughs> two. You get a plus two. You get a plus two on it. Okay. Oh. Okay. You have cured the poison. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that was, good. Well, it oh, takes one oh, save. Oh, That's good. That is oh, good. One save, okay. DC 13. Yep. All right. Silver I'm deck strain. Um, let's see. Well, she only took one point of damage, so she's technically unhindered. Yeah. No she's going to be like, see ya. She's going to go behind him. Okay. Starting to make her way into the house. Can a swarm? Do you see these stairs? Do you see them? (laughs) Wow, that's really strange. I don't know why they did that. (laughs) Imagine if you can still get inside, right? Yep. Ayari is done. Iden. Hmm. 
Whose turn is it now? Yours. Yours. Okay. Well, I was just... Uh, I don't know... So I know quick draw won't work without chemical items, but can I still grab one as part of a movement, like a weapon? Um, for now, I will say so. I don't know. What What's the, the combat word. maneuver like? Alchemical items, potions, scrolls, and wands cannot be drawn quickly using this feat. Yeah, I already looked that up. The, the Could he do the steel combat maneuver? I mean, you can go and you can you can grab something off of Theros. I mean, no, I have my own oil. Oh, yeah, then you can just throw that. Right. Well, I'm saying it's on a bandolier, so, so you can you can draw it and then throw it. Take a five foot step, draw, throw. Right. I couldn't take a movement and throw it. Is what I was asking. Um, I think maybe since your base attack bonus is is one, you could. Yeah, that's specifically for weapons. That was my question. I'm going to say if you can't fast draw it with quick, quick draw, then you probably can't draw it as part of movement. Okay. Makes sense to me. Well, only in game balance terms. In real life, no, it doesn't make sense at all. But Well, it's because it's not as easily accessible as a weapon. Right. Yep. So I pop it out. And uh, seeing Theros do that, and he'll uh, conceive of it as a good idea, and we'll try to get as many of them in some additional oil as he can, maybe set them on fire a bit. Okay. Roll uh, to hit on that intersection, which you yeah. shouldn't miss. <sighs> Come on now. Uh, this one is the one I should aim at to cover this five foot square. It says yep. use the rules for splash, but I don't yep. know how that'll. Yeah. Okay. Um, which will be a D20. I'm just going to roll it from chat and then add the bonuses on top. So this plus numbers in a second. Okay. I got that'll, it. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, so you you hit that and you cover uh, a large portion, half of, in fact, you might say, the uh, wasps in this swarm are now covered in a, a little bit of oil, and uh, if they get hit again, that will uh, potentially ca- catch them on fire. That is Aiden's turn. Aiden's turn. Uh, Orin, you're up. You're uh, at the the door of this building. You did a real quick perception check, but you didn't notice anything right away before. I'll just. Uh five foot step over here okay is that a door am i looking at a door yeah that's a door right. okay <laughs> you're in the wall in that's the what you are Pop <laughs> <laughs> the bed in the cupboard horses <laughs> <laughs> will never check the bed <laughs> uh, still just grossly confused by the staircase i'm going to try to another perception check sure I'm going to need you to roll sanity uh, for, for seeing such a weird sight. <laughs> okay. So that is enough to notice a number of things here. Um, the one thing... So... Again, a lot of the things that you notice uh, aren't going to be terribly uh, useful in this situation. So there's like... Um, there's a masterwork javelin that you see against the wall. There's a... You know, a, a gem that looks to be pretty valuable that's on like a like a, a stand there. Uh, you see a, a pouch that looks like it's got coins in it, uh, given the shape. Um, and then you see a, a a thin stick, kind of just like under the bed a little bit. Mm. Can I um, 
Do I still have my move action? Sure, yeah. Can I... Am I able to move and pick up the stick? I will allow it. Okay, so I move and pick up the stick. Okay. It's actually a wolverine's tail. Our next companion! Speaking of, I just have to, as an aside, call someone out. And I feel bad. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Don't be nervous about it, though. I heard him say partially Sarah, so it's definitely... Yeah, I already know what he's going to call me out for. (laughs) She knows because she was a terrible human being. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, I guess, actually, I probably should say the other thing that you definitely would have seen in that room. Uh, There is is one body in the room. Um, it's, It's decayed quite a lot at this point. It's probably been here a long time. Make a heal check for me. If there's anything I know from these games, it's that bodies okay. can come to life. So you're looking at the body, and with a, a quick heal check, you're not 100% sure how it died. It doesn't look like there's any wounds on it, but again, it's, decay- it's decayed pretty far, but you don't see any visible like slashes or broken bones or anything like that. The like loose robes that it's wearing aren't damaged at all, so... You're not sure how it died, maybe right old age. You don't know. But uh, that's what you see. Okay. And that's just kind of on the ground between the beds next to that little stick you picked up. Um, and that is your turn. It is now back to Theros and Bolus. Hmm. Um, I... Uh, Theros yells and tells... Volus to run away. Okay. Wait, Jason, did his initiative not change? I have him at the bottom of the round. Okay, bottom. Okay. Because, okay. You're, sorry. So, let's see. Volus is going but to go... With a double move, he can get pretty far. With a run in that direction, he can get stupid far. There. Okay. Uh, you can go in a straight line that way, I guess, technically. There it is. Can you get inside from here, then? Yeah. Looks like it. You might be able to. Yes. Don't come in here. I'm hiding I'm under the blanket. Tell the bear to run into the house. Okay, so Volus goes charging into the house. And, uh, Theros um, grabs uh, another alchemist fire. And I don't think I can do anything else at that point, can I? Or can I throw it? Because think about throwing it down to ma- just on the ground where I am to make sure it gets. It doesn't miss. Well, you can take a five foot step and just. So hitting an intersection is only like DC. Five. <laughs> so if you just take a five foot step back, you'll be just as likely to hit as otherwise. Oh, okay. So then, uh, Andrew's over here pulling a. Uh, uh, my line is broken! <laughs> and like, <laughs> throwing it on the ground. Like, good lord. My bud. line is ending! 
Are you saying that your Arcmus fire is unfit for my holes? <laughs> Alright, I guess I'll... Can I try throwing another Arcmus fire in the same turn? Yeah, yeah. go ahead and roll that, because you, you draw out another one and you can throw it this turn. Kill the queen! One d twenty, you said, right? Plus, oh, plus yeah, one d twenty plus it'll be plus three. Come on. Gosh. Okay, so you do hit the intersection. Uh, you don't hit the swarm directly, but you do hit the intersection, and you deal some splash damage. And it says, you know, oil covers the area. Blah blah blah. Burns for two rounds, deals one d three points of fire. So I'm going to say on its turn, it'll take that that fire damage. So it takes a little bit of fire damage now. A number of the uh, the wasps in this swarm seem to catch flame. And that is your turn. It is now the swarm's turn. So I will roll uh, 1d3 for how much damage they have. And they'll take a little bit extra. Oh, yeah. Because swarms. Didn't roll very much. So they take some more damage there. You see a number of them are kind of falling uh, from the air. There's still quite a few of them there, though. And it is their turn. I'm gonna have to roll this one, aren't I? Because they are kind of mindless. You could have them... Yeah, they're kind of mindless. So say There's not real logic here. So essentially, we're setting the fields on fire and putting up a giant beacon for any hobgoblins that are scouting in the area. They could run away uh, just as easily. That's and I found away. a stick! Maybe they don't like being on fire. Maybe there's a chance that they just go uh, that ways. Yeah. You could always you could always hit them with a stick. So I'm going to say odds, <laughs> odds will be item, even okay. will be Theros. I'm gonna roll a even. Roll a six. Sorry, so Theros. Why did you pick the, to... the healer when you could have picked the ranger? They're gonna move onto your square and they're gonna deal. We have another healer. <clears throat> Maybe you can reason with them. You're gonna deal four points of damage, and you need to make a. Oh wait, no, you get a bonus. You're not immune, so make a fortitude save. Here comes a fort save. Four, four points of damage. Oh, You're nice. Fine. This is great, guys. You're Come fine, Nayari. Swimmingly. My turn? Yes. <laughs> minus four, you said? Okay. I found a stick. Four points of damage. Is this a door that I could four open? Of damage, yes. Oh, wow, yeah. lucky. Is that the door? Yeah, yeah, you can open that. Let me just re reveal it here. That's more... That's the wrong... <laughs> <laughs> I'm swallowed to the I don't like this. I don't like this house. You've heard of void walkers before. <laughs> Today, you embrace the abyss itself. Can I? Can so, I see anything in here quickly? Yep. So that's another room. So the it doesn't really say what room things are in. It just says that in the in the farmhouse there are these things. Okay. So. I'll say that you know all of the things that are in here via Oren's check. Okay. Um, so you know that he has... Uh, and I would say that you would know that what he is carrying is very similar to something that you already have. Uh, you don't Can know I... exactly the same, but it's similar. 
Would you let me roll on that, or do I have to move to get closer to him to do that? Um. Yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you uh, roll on that. Because uh, technically, nope. I have got no idea. Because even with a rank in spellcraft, I can't roll. Yep. For I'll anything. say you. You kind of know what it is. You just don't know specifically. We did it again. <sighs> it's the shack all over again. There's it's, a giant enemy out there killing the other two, <laughs> and the bear, <laughs> Nayari, and me are in the small building off the way. Like I mean, we did it defense, again. In, in your the defense, second time. I, I'm not thing about the swarm, and neither can Volus. <laughs> yeah, I'm not upset in the slightest. Don't hear that. <laughs> we did but it y'all again. Are, y'all are just like looting <laughs> this house. All right, it's like we're playing Lake the Awakening with four players. And and one guy is out there just over and over, and the other three characters are just looting the townspeople. We're just no we're establishing a pattern of behavior here where Nayari, Volus, and Orin are always gonna go to whatever structure there is on the map, and that's where we'll be. I'm trying to find things that will be helpful because I have nothing. I just but think it's maybe, funny because we did the same thing again. Maybe there would yeah. be something in here, is there like a piece of wood or anything that we can light on fire? What are you going to do with a piece of wood? <laughs> that is a good point, though. Just so you know, torches can deal damage to swarms. I don't have my torch anymore. I'm pretty sure I used it in that battle, didn't I? Pause. You only oh, had yeah. one torch. Your your kit comes with ten. I don't get kits, dude. I buy individual items, and I only had one torch. Oh, aren't you? What? you are I have a bear trap if we ever need that. Because that seemed useful at the time. Inventory sheets and who's got the cooler list of mundane items? Because I'll do it. Aiden, it is your turn. I'm running away. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's going <laughs> to shout out to Theros that uh, like uh, everyone else has left. Obviously, there's nothing we can do. Obviously. Uh, there. And uh, I'll take a double move. There's not pigs here. And there isn't a fence here, or there is a fence here? Cut uh, yourself in mud. There is a fence. <laughs> <laughs> there is a fence, but the uh, the pigs are gone. Yeah, I'm trying to debate if he would run right to try to like get to the other side. Maybe there's a door over there, or is it like a one-room thing? Or maybe he'll try to join them. But I think he's just going to... He's trying to get away, mostly. Okay. So I'm just going to play it that way. Does this thing curl around off the edge of the map? The fence? Uh, I mean, the stone wall? Yes. Okay. So that okay. is his movement to get over there. Yep. And Oren, it is your turn. You uh, you probably also kind of know what you have. You don't know specifically, though, yet. You can try to find out. Yeah, I'll use a... a... Spell, uh, spellcraft to... Okay. Okay. <gasps> Did we actually succeed as spellcraft just I now? I believe the DC is 16. <gasps> Yay! So Things you are looking up, guys! I have you, a stick! <laughs> you identify this as a wand of burning hands. <gasps> Shut up! Oh, wait, wait, no wait, wait. Way. Hold on, though. Hold however, on, though. However, it only I... has four charges remaining. Oh, I can't do it. Dude, 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 dude! I can use that! <laughs> yeah! It's on my list! 
That's so cute. All right. So you, you spellcraft that and shout out. Oh, I know what it is. And you hear Nayari's voice. She's like, oh, dude, dude, dude. <laughs> dude, dude. <laughs> I quickly run out. Is it about the staircase? <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Give me the stick. I hand her the stick. Majestically. Okay. Like just. <laughs> okay. You hand her the stick. He's so done. He's so over it. <laughs> It's like, congratulations, you got burning hands to win this CR1 encounter at level 2. Good for I you guys. I'm celebrating the small victories, Josh. Okay, that's a big deal. Um, Theros, it is your turn, and everyone has abandoned you. I yeah. We all just yeeted out. Um, oh, would you like to do? How many, uh, how many Alchemist Fire do you have, by the way? I have one more. Really had one more, okay. I have a question. Uh, how are, is- yes. Are any of the wasps still oiled up, like that, are still alive, or would we have to apply another coat of oil? Uh, the oil lasts for a certain number of rounds, so technically, yeah, they're still on fire. Yeah. Okay. You'd have to reapply the oil once they stop being on fire, but currently, they're still on fire. I have the spell Produce Flame. Is Would that be applicable? It's a uh, of effect, I don't think. I've got it here. I could probably hurl it, but it wouldn't do any damage. No, the flames either harm. Oh, well, maybe it harms others. Yeah, it's a touch attack, so I don't think you like swarms can't be targeted. So I don't think that it would work. Because it's a touch attack and not like a, a save. From a yes. Perspective, I feel like it should. He could just meta game <laughs> and he just does one of these and like throws his hands around. Physics do not exist in this world of magic. <laughs> That's yeah. Anything uh, that targets a single creature does not work. Um, produce flame is kind of a tricky situation, though. Oh uh, wait, uh, let's see here. Because you didn't, you didn't. He can do it as a thrown weapon. Just well, yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't mean he targets more than another. I know, but just what really I'm like saying what? is that like you'd think that if a torch can deal damage, then like produce That's flame would be able to thinking do. too. But I, 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 I will I obviously. I'll how does a torch thing. not do damage, or how does it do damage? It would work the same way. It basically you just make an attack roll, and only the fire damage goes through. That, so it's like it's like one d three fire damage from a torch. But, I think. Right, then you technically can't... If you can do that, you can do this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I am tentatively thinking that you should be able to, and then I would like look up on forums to see if somebody can give me an argument why they why that shouldn't happen. Did you prepare Produce Flame? I, I did, yeah. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. Come on, he invested in that, too. Give it to him. What's the worst that can happen? I will allow it via the rule of cool. You are so cool, Jason. <laughs> well, that that is up. what the rule of cool means. It means that the GM is cool, yes. Uh, <laughs> where are the rules for attacking swarms with a torch? Is there like a, a rule set for that? It's probably so, just under torch. I don't know. Uh, I am not sure where it is. You'd have to look. Okay. I'm going to do the boring stuff while it's not my turn. Yep. Give me a holler what it is. Yeah, Theros, I'll, uh, I'll let you uh, cast that spell. As and a, make a, a touch attack against the creature. What's that? As a thrown attack? Yes. Uh, just so you know, 
An alchemist fire deals damage even if you miss because of splash damage. This won't have splash damage. So if you miss the if you miss the AC, it does nothing. The AC is twenty, I think you said. Uh, I did not say what the AC is. I only said that the touch AC is the same as the normal AC. Because because the, the swarms are not wearing armor. Yeah, I was gonna say I can't imagine <laughs> little swarm armored as a bees. High <laughs> <laughs> armored weaponized bees. The but they might be agile. So wearing Iron Man suits. <laughs> So it's up to you. You have nigh guaranteed damage with Alchemist Fire, or maybe more damage that might not go through with Produce Flame. And use our last Alchemist. Also, this didgeridoo music that's playing is pretty boss. Just saying. <laughs> I didn't even notice. My volume was turned down, I think. <laughs> it's uh, pretty dope. If, if I mean, Killer Hornets came from anywhere, it was definitely from Australia. So. Fair enough. I'm digging um, it. Alright, so I guess I'm going to go for the, the cool points and hope I just get lucky with hurling the flame. Um, can I can I move first? Uh, yeah, you're saying you're casting the spell? Yeah. Yeah, then you can do a, a full move action and then standard action cast the spell from a distance. Probably don't... I don't want to impede myself from the... Uh... So I can go this far, right? Yes. The distance isn't going to change. No, I think the range um, is like 120 feet. 120 feet, yeah. So, so yeah, you're fine. All right, what do I have to roll for it? So it'll be 1d20 plus base attack bonus and dexterity. So I think that was a 3 before, so 1d20 plus 3. Okay, so same as Alchemist. Alchemist. All right, well. Yep, and this will be against its touch AC. See if you can hit. No. You cast the flame and it kind of it goes through and like I mean you you take some out, but like not enough to do like noticeable damage. Yeah. <laughs> so that is <laughs> That is Theros's turn. Uh do you do anything with Volus or do you just kinda of leave him where he's at? Um I'm gonna leave him. Use as a distraction. No, I'm not gonna lose my bear again. Ferris isn't going to. Uh... You're probably gonna die, so what does it matter? That's fair. You won't die. You won't die. You're fine. It'd have to do like 21 damage for you to die. Okay. Um. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Did you say you weren't gonna do anything with Volus? Correct. I'm gonna move him okay. right, right here, so he's not in okay. his way. Then, in that case, it is the swarm's turn. The swarm takes more fire damage. That time it was max, so it was one d three, so that's three, and then a little bit more than after that. Okay. So uh, again, more of these wasps start falling out of the air, just crisped with all of the fire. Um, it'll take its turn and the only thing it can see is you Goodbye, so it's going to go up to you and it's you're going to take the damage oh boy oh boy you oh take boy. 8 points of damage and roll a fortitude save must get just, ha just saying this is my first time going down <laughs> oh, yeah shoot might be the last. It was the first time for everything. Okay, so 
You're fine so on the bad. fortitude. <laughs> and that is the yes, eight. Nayar, it is your turn. Real quick, yes. I regrettably inform you all that I don't think you can use a torch to attack a swarm in Pathfinder. Really? You can, you can in 3-5. It was uh, officially carried over. Because you can in the Kingmaker game. I, okay. was say, I was just going to say that. I was like, in the Kingmaker game, though, you can use a torch so, to, to hit them. Yeah. Here is where there is actually nothing clearly stated in the rules. But I do believe logic would dictate that we can borrow from 3-5 to fill in a little bit. Because there's nothing written about it. So... That well, is up to you, Jason. Yeah, once somebody pulls out a torch and goes to do it, we can have that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Nayari, it's your turn. What do you want to do? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Double she moving is there. running away. And I'm yelling at Oren. That th- I'm yelling to Oren, Theros is down. Get out here. Okay. Was that a grumble? <laughs> He's like, ah. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh Orin is gonna take up grumbling a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the only one who's damage to this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe he'll suddenly be more familiar with kinding than he meant to. You know, yeah, that right? a lot better. Aiden, it is your turn. Do you have anything that you want to do, or you're just gonna continue moving? Well, he there? saw Niari run out, um, and did he? Is he aware that Theros has gone down? Uh, yeah, you have line of sight on him, I think. You can see that he's collapsed. Yeah, so he'll curse under his breath and uh, start making his way back. One, two, one, two, three, four. I've done nothing helpful, but he's at least going to try to get the, the cleric's attention and be like, okay. yo, Theros is down. Theros is down. They know. Oren, it is your turn. <laughs> Well, I've been made abundantly aware that Theros is down. So I go into the big bedroom where the bed is, and I hide. Okay. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> um, hmm. So when you're checking movement, do you start where your character is, or do you start yes. in the square in front? Okay, so that character. All right. So, yep. uh, so far away. Um... What have I even got going on? Hang on a minute. How far away range? 25 feet plus 5 feet for every two caster levels. Okay, so I go here. Awesome. Yep. All right. Thank you, Jason. I think you yep. see where I'm headed. <laughs> so I'm going to go... Is it here? Was that right? Uh, I think it was here. Was it there? Okay. Yeah. And then I'm going to use uh, Stabilize on Theros. Okay. Theros has been stabilized, and it is Theros's turn, but he does not have to make a check because he is already stable. It is the <laughs> Wasp Swarm's turn. Are they going to mutilate my body? Well, that's what I'm going to roll. Oh no. <laughs> that's horrifying. That's literally my nightmare. <laughs> There's a lot, we, that, a lot of things is, that are going on. We established that if a druid dies, his bear's just going to walk off into the wilderness, right? 
Can we also just be like, do you remember? And I already did come yelling and screaming like a banshee. <laughs> Kill me! <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to roll odds and evens. So odds is going to be Nayari. Evens is going to be Theros. Flat 50-50. This is really bad. What about Orin? Orin might want to get hit. <laughs> okay. I can re-roll. What? what? Wait, wait, wait. I just, I just rolled. I know the result. Do you want me to re-roll, including oh, a third option? Like a 33, 33, 33 type deal? I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not making this call. I can do one, two, three, four, five, six. I can re-roll if you want to. You can't put this on me. You're the DM. I was just, at, <laughs> I was just reminding you that there are more he, than two he options. He's teasing Justin. He's, he's teasing. <laughs> you can do whatever you want, Chase. I trust you to be fair and impartial and wise. It's already you've already been that that much. So it it was the same result either way. Um, <laughs> That's off me. Form, seeing that the the thing the the creature that it was attacking has collapsed and is no longer fighting it. It goes after the creature who was making the most movement. <sighs> Way to go, Nihari! Woo! You're, so, you're a hero. You really are. You know. Watch me die now. Right, she's the only one that can use the wand, and we're out of all other supplies. Oh, goodness. Okay. Six points of damage. I rolled a one okay. and a five that time. It's not too so bad. Some upset, you know? And, <laughs> and another fort save. Fortitude save. You do not get the plus two bonus on this one. Okay, you're fine. Ooh, good time oh, to be boy. Well. oh boy oh boy oh boy and Nayari it is your turn the swarm is right in front of you what do you do um kill it you drop the wand and run away burning man <laughs> burning hands nope I'm oh, just oh I forgot to roll to... damage for the swarm one second okay oh cause it's still on fire yep that was the last round that it's on fire go ahead alright I will use the wand and say activate Okay, so she says the word activate. One point of damage, but actually <laughs> two points of damage? Yeah. Does it round up or down? Uh in this case, since it's fifty I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make it two. I'm not gonna bother with it. Um so you cast that, and at this point you can see that a good like more than half of this swarm has fallen out of the air. It's looking like some of these wasps are just starting to disperse and go to other places, but it's still technically still there. How also, okay. many charges did this one have? I believe three? it was four, so it's four. now three. Three. Did you um you checked their second round of persistent fire damage, correct? Yep, I just did that. That's okay. just me. You know, just double checking because that's not on our side of the screen. You know, so yeah, I no, no, I, I I I added that in. Yep. So, Aiden, you're up. Anything you want to do? Uh, I'm going to, Josh Allen, look at my inventory. I think the answer is no. I don't okay. think there's anything that I can reasonably do except for go care for Theros. So he's going he's gonna to do that and try to get him out of there and maybe, I don't know what he thinks, start dragging him or something lame. I, okay. I can't you can make get, the distance. You can get just, I think, just over there. Orin, you're after him. Whoa, excuse me. You're after him. Yeah, I can get one more, actually, but we'll stay right there. So, uh, 
second. Is that corner of the wall going to be a problem with me doing a diagonal uh, over to him? Like, I'm trying to get to here. Uh, so I would say that if you wanted, I would allow you to go like that. Yeah, like that. You could okay. you could do that okay. and you can get there. So it'll take you the full complement of your movement. Yep. And then gonna give him the old cure light wound. The the old CLW action. Yeah. Yeah. So one. One D eight. Two now because you're because you're second level. So minimum three, maximum ten. Oh, and he'll live forever. <laughs> okay, so you that heal is... eight hit points. Theros, it is now your turn. Um, so you are prone on the ground. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I th- thank them as I come to and attempt to stand up. Okay, so you stand up with your move action. Yep. You still have a standard. You could draw you can't draw and throw this turn unfortunately but you could draw your last alchemist fire you could draw your oil it's uh whatever you want to do or you can just hold it's fine a long throw it would be a long throw yeah not probably gonna try to throw anything uh quick question on my spells, how do I remove that I used one of my cure light wounds? Like, how do I check that off of the? Uh, so, do you have them all checked? Yeah, they're all currently checked. I, I would agree. just uncheck it. Can I? So, wow. Yeah, you have to um, clear it and then check back up to how many uh, you have. Yeah, I yeah. know. Sorry, cumbersome, but all right. Um, it's a bit jank. I'm not gonna lie. I, I can't pretend that it's good. I can just tell you it's functional. Wow, yeah. that is a line for IT support right there. <laughs> back pocketing that one. Can, uh, <laughs> can I pull out um, the Alchemist Fire and hand it to Oren? Uh, you can have it out, and then on his turn, he could grab it. Gotcha. Yeah, like the buckets we did. Yeah, so, so you can Oren like have it out and ready the, to uh, ready to go. Yeah. Who would be next, Oren? Or who's sooner in initiative again, Oren or Aiden? Iden. Iden. <coughs> it's Iden then Oren. Probably has better dexterity than me too. Then I'll uh, yeah I'll I'll get it out in hopes that Aiden or Oren one of them will take it. Okay. So ready, ready the last alchemist fire we have. After your turn, it is the the wasp, and obviously the wasp has got to go to where the three people are. No, just kidding. <laughs> right. I could and I could just wipe you guys if I did. These, that, I was though. gonna say yeah. these are very intelligent wasps. They realize that you know the numbers are turning against them again. <laughs> That'd be awful. No, That'd once they really pick awful. a target, unless I think they'll, they'll, they'll they stick with it. Yeah, they double down. There's swarm behavior guidelines for Ooh. GM the game master guide. It's eight Maybe points that. of damage. Oof. Goodness gracious, Jason! Are you playing them right? Are you sure? It's two d six, man. Two d six. Sorry, Nari's gonna kill him on her next Plus turn. Four to five. Save. She's gonna do a bit more than one. A bit more than one. Oh. Oh no. Oh. Not that's again. another. That's another point of dexterity damage. That We're puts a long you way from restoration. 
That puts you at two dexterity damage. Well, just damage. Taking... It's not drain, so. Yeah. You're now taking a minus one penalty on stuff. <laughs> I think I was before. Uh, no, you only take a penalty from damage once you've hit an even number. So you oh. had one before, now you're at I two. Because so my score taking... doesn't actually go down. I got you. Correct. Oh. Um... I have learned. And Nayari, it is your turn. Hold on, let me see here. You still have three charges. You know that this thing is pretty down. Yep, I will trust my companions. I wouldn't. <laughs> so an alchemist fire actually has a range increment of 10 feet. I'm sorry for cheating. Take a minus one retroactively on all of your attack rolls for attacking under your first range increment. It's actually a minus two. Take minus two. Okay, two. Plus one, three? Yep, yep, I've got that. They are on the cusp of, like, out of game terms, they still have a lot of HP left, but also out of game terms, like, once they get to a certain point, this swarm is probably going to lose interest right. and uh, disperse. And they are right on the cusp there. Aiden, it is your turn. You have I'm been going, handed. I'm going down next round. Just to let you guys. I know. Thing. Yeah, what I do can you uh, do with that thing. Well, I take it. I think. Yep. Problem is, reality in game terms uh, only gets me to there. Uh huh. So I have to throw it 30 feet to hit it. Yes. So you'd be taking a minus four penalty, but to hit a, a, a square is only a DC five. This is correct. And technically, because splash weapons are stupid in this game, even if you miss, it hits an adjacent thing. So you technically even... You, it's impossible to miss. That's why splash weapons are kind of dumb. But It is dumb. You literally cannot miss. But it is splash. You're all ready for this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Great. <Ooh>. So, <laughs> okay. What is your uh, oh. other modifiers? Pulling it up now for you, my good friend. Um, dexterity. We've got a two. Base attack bonus. We've got a two. Okay. <laughs> so that that meets that exceeds its touch AC. So I'm going to let you actually roll the damage because oh, you are able to hit it exactly. This is like, very nice. Form. This is a lot better. Uh, so I'm going to roll the D6. Fire is the D6. Yeah. Because you hit it, not the intersection. Uh, the first oh, one. The two. Come on, man. Three damage. That puts it at less than ten. Oh, and with okay. that, the swarm has lost so... It's lost over two-thirds. And you see that what few bees remain, still as a swarm, just start flying away. They have been burnt so much that they no longer feel the need to defend this nest that they might have had. And they leave. Oh. Over there. Just kind of hiding in the corner. I'll just put them up here. That was stupidly close. I know out of game that that is technically... Like, we weren't we were supposed to get it down to two-thirds, basically. But also... Oh my gosh, he could have died. <laughs> like, yeah. That's insane. So, yeah, this is a CR3 swarm. Yeah, I knew that. It's wow. Swarms are no joke, though. Like, if swarms? you don't have anything yeah. against a diminutive swarm, you're screwed. At you low leave. level, swarms are crazy. You I mean, I don't see how that could have gone better. 
getting water. <laughs> I can think of a way. Preparation. Nah. Nah. Went perfect. Uh, Love it when yeah. a plan comes together. With okay. that, you're able to fight off the swarm. And uh, you've already done a little bit of looking around in this uh, this cabin here. So I'll just tell you all the things that you find there or the things that you already found. There's some other things that you didn't that I didn't mention because they weren't relevant. But so you already noticed the uh, the wand of burning hands there that now has two charges left. Um, You find 210 silver pieces. You find 75 gold pieces. Oh, hold on. Sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Can you repeat that first thing? 210 silver pieces. Wow. 75 gold pieces. Wow. A set of masterwork bolus. Bolas? Bolas? I think it's bolas. What's a bolas? B-O-L-O? A. B-O-L-A-S. Bolas. I think they're probably a weapon. Oh, they're like the, like, chain things like you the three balls on a rope that you spin and then throw at something to like yeah that wrap it right. up yeah oh interesting there is a masterwork javelin hmm. a large citrine gem large what citrine s um, C- sorry c i t r i n e citrine i think that's what you say gem uh, and uh, just out of game, I will uh, actually uh, or enroll in a praise say. check. It's a gem. You get your bonuses on that. Yeah, so I got that, and then uh, what about perception stone? Coming? Greed. I get, I get my greed, which is a plus two. Yeah. So that's actually not enough to meet the DC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you don't know how much this thing's worth. Nope. Um. And on that body, you see some very old and uh, probably no longer in good condition robes that uh, you can write down as uh, as uh, worn scholars' robes. Worn as yeah, We're worn in taking the, sense the that, clothes off this corpse. Well, you don't have to. I'm just saying that's what he was wearing. Okay, that's why I said worn. We just walk in. You might not want to carry them. Does anybody? Well, like, so the material <laughs> is it like good enough that it could be used for like a covering or a blanket, or is it just you, like? Yeah, you could. You might be able to bring it back and use it as like a material for somebody making a craft check to like craft a, a bedroll or something. Nyari will be like, "Do not tell anyone that this was on a corpse." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe tell someone. Orin and I are just it, standing but... there. She just starts stripping the body, and we're Orin and I are just, just looking at each other. <laughs> what the hell? Justin, look to your uh, look to your left. Uh, other way, other way. Okay. You and I are just looking at like. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to take it. I was just telling you what the what the corpse there was was wearing, so you had an idea. Might but... as well take it. But uh, yeah, so that's all you find here. Um, Oh, wait, no. Oh, sorry, I skipped over that part. So there are apples and a small uh, uh, cart that has uh, some some still... So the cart has still edible, um, like non-perishable foods, but uh, all of the apples that are kind of overgrowing this building, uh, altogether you can harvest five provision points. Ooh. 
That'll do. It's not bad. That's enough for each of us, so... For one day. <laughs> for one yeah. day. For us. You get applesauce, you get roasted apples, you get... That's about it. That bear's looking awful delicious. I'm kidding. Oh. I'm kidding. How dare you? And how, many, how many provision points is Polis worth? How wow. dare you even ask? <laughs> I'm kidding. I know. We can look so, it up real quick. I'm sure there's an answer. <laughs> With that, uh, we can end the session after successfully clearing out the first place. Barely. Again, barely. Barely. A, a triumphant victory. <laughs> Barely get it. Like we need to bad. we need to work on these low CR encounters because when we actually have like one that matters, it's gonna be real bad. We gotta get that we gotta get that synergy back. I mean, if yeah. you think about it, we played for three sessions, and then I I really do feel like our coordination as a group came together a lot better in some of those second to last battles. You know, with with Elwood and stuff. We we gotta just figure out how this new group of characters is gonna jive and how we're gonna get this to go again. It's definitely different. Yeah. A swarm was also a piss poor debut, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, GM. Hey, that's how it goes. So are we who's, headed back? Whose idea to the, was it to go to the farm in the first place? The punchable guy. So what's gonna what's gonna happen is like we can end it here and then next session what we'll do is like you guys could rest at the farm and then the next day you'll have your your four hexes of movement again and that's kind of how it's gonna go is like you'll get four hexes of movement if you make the check and then you'll rest at that location and make the next one and every day you'll just continue exploring and whatnot and it'll take some time because it's it's a pretty thick forest, and you're covering a lot of distance here. But uh, I was going to ask if it would be at all possible for me to to steal a few more extra yards in the middle of the night at some point. I don't know how how big of an area did you say each hex was? Two and a half miles. So uh, it would take. You're 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 basically like one right. or two hexes away from the edge where you're trying to get to, like right. So you would you would know this. I think I'm on the right layer. So like right here, yeah, is like the edge that you that could I'm get to. So to... that's only like two movements away, and you could just like peek in, whatnot. Okay, so that would so, be the next day. Question: right. I thought that our survival checks were really good. Yeah. So, so you got you got eight hexes worth, but this yeah. is difficult terrain. So oh, every I... hex was two. So if you were out in the plains, you would deceiving. have been able to do double the distance. That's deceiving. No, it's so, just the rules, Sarah. That's that's deceiving. So no, again, you know what it is. So deceiving. just, I, I will say this. I will say this. The hex exploration rules are subject to change if we collectively decide that they are either too stringent or not stringent enough. We can change them to make it less of a drag. You know. Yeah, we can. I have, they haven't been a drag yet. I mm -hmm. like the idea of like exploring the Fangwood and like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's gonna be cooler as we grow and see more territory. We can see to here now, and then, you know, there's even some overland stuff that might happen if we hear a report of you've heard of hobgoblins over here. I don't know what's gonna happen. I can't see the future, but I, I bet this will be pretty fun. Well, scouts can you... tell us that. The NPC scouts can tell us, like, if right. they get a yeah. certain role, they can tell us there's danger over yeah. here. Yeah, and if, if you guys want, if you decide to have some of your NPCs specifically scout, you could maybe choose one of these uh, hexes that you guys didn't go to 
And when you yeah. get back to camp, maybe some of those could just be automatically revealed from your NPCs doing that. For pacing, apart from like major missions, I do like the idea of just handling that between sessions, mm-hmm. having a date, and then like if any of us seem to really enjoy doing that, maybe we could hop on Discord for an hour on, on one of the days of the week and just make sure we're all lined up or do it on yeah. our own time. I think that because so, that, that's what I was gonna say because I already have like mapped out what I thought like I would do. Right, so we could have like a strategy meeting and then you could attend or not at I'm good with that. Versus yeah. leisure and then so long as we have something ready to go. I think that's going to be a fun approach, and we yeah. can see how it goes. Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. Yep. All right. So, two things I have to ask before we close the session, and I apologize if I shouldn't say this, but I knew ahead of time uh, a little bit about the rules uh, of creatures coming back from the dead uh, if they survive. I also think Sarah did a little bit. And the whole time you were considering a new animal companion, she kept being like, here's one. Here's a good one. Here's one. And I was like, don't you know that Bolus is probably going to have a chance to come back? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I rolled that pretty quickly after that session. So I knew all along and I was just kind of. I thought that was so funny. I was trying to play it up a little bit. I was Next. I was not Listen, expecting it. You, you got to keep the suspense there. You can't just give yeah, stuff away. I, I agree. Makes I the agree reactions more genuine. It was. It was fantastic. Also, I had a question, Sarah. I thought you were shaking your head during some of Elwood's uh, backstory or at the Ramgate. I was curious. What what, what was that? What was that about? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I'll leave it to me. Uh, fun as always. Thank you, everyone. I uh, also had a blast with this. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I did, too. Yeah. We Until struggle next week. something fiercely. <laughs> it, it is a, uh, a good time. I uh, really enjoy this. I'm, I'm, uh, I miss Elwood, but I'm still trying to figure out how this character is going to play. But give, a, give him a session or two, and I think we'll, we'll find the niche pretty well.